smell situation right here is grim. I don't know why it's so humid in here, man. We have an industrial dehumidifier like 10 feet that way. I think really? if the humidity goes up like 1 or 2%, it's actually going to start raining. That yeah, sucks. I've got 60% relative humidity in here. All right. <laughs> I didn't know you had a room in the Ritz. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had the, my window fan on exhaust all day. Hmm? Now, now I have it blowing in. What do you mean so, on exhaust? Like blowing the air out. Oh, wait. That's what he was saying we should do for our room before we got the AC, like have a fan pulling the hot air out of I, the room. I only this yeah. year learned that people actually use fans not just to blow in. Yeah. They yeah. use them to actually pull air out. When you said exhaust, when you said it was on exhaust, I thought you were like pumping in carbon monoxide. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be like, Joel. Oh. <laughs> Ruin the so tape. I asked Joel about heating and cooling techniques, and he advised us to commit suicide. <laughs> Which seems rash, but he knows best. <laughs> Didn't seem like the best solution, but the man does hate summer. <laughs> Speaking of which. Yeah, there we go. That's our segue. <laughs> so we're here to talk about our favorite summer albums. And I thought maybe we should start off by describing what makes summer music, summer music mm. to us. Yeah, it's hard because we had talked about, I think on there before, like what makes winter music, what makes Nick Drake season music, which I mean, that's kind of self-explanatory. What is Nick Drake season? You got to listen to the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not listening to that no, crap. It's like that yeah. drivel. It's like that grim, bleak November weather. Oh, okay. We're like, the leaves are already off the trees, but it's not cold enough to yep. snow. So you're just left with desolation. Gray. Yeah. But it's yeah. like kind of European desolation, not like total full on depression. So that's why we've talked about it before. Like it's just this like beautiful, like one month of the year where you get to listen to Nick Drake and it just absolutely clicks. So Nick Drake season must be like right after Elliot Smith season. Kind of. Yeah. There were a few Elliot seasons. And then winter is Harry Connick Jr. season. Yeah, we have <laughs> talked about that. Did yeah. You? <laughs> no way. No, seriously. <laughs> Harry Connick Jr. and 30 Rock and like, we always talk about it like something that evokes that like New York City and Christmas yeah. season, like Hallmark yeah. looking thing. Yep. So music. Michael Buble. Yeah, oh, yeah. a little of the boober. <laughs> Do you have any ideas for spring? Because this is something we've been stumped on just before we get into summer. Yes. Uh, so spring is like things have started to come alive. Like music with a little more energy starts to fit. So I might do, not that you'll know this artist, but there's this guy named Dustin Tebbit. He's an Australian gentleman. And his music is very much like it starts off really slow, like simple, just singing an acoustic guitar and then it gradually builds every single song pretty much follows the same exact formula yeah but it's just nice because <laughs> the song feels like it's coming alive mm. while the earth is coming alive again ah okay i gotta okay. say too for some reason spring for some reason i can get into um like ambient kind of shit too like brian eno type stuff see that's it's something about looking me. through a wind uh windshield that spring rain that happens, mm. like if you're sitting in somewhere like, like someplace at night and you're just looking at like streetlights and stuff through a windshield that's been rained on. Like there's certain like Brian Eno-esque things that are just perfect like for John that. Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. For mm. me, that's a lot of like winter though, because it's like the stillness of everything. Oh yeah. And then you just mm. fill it with mm. yeah. ambient soundtracks. 
I save a lot of like psychedelic rock for spring. Oh yeah, okay. Like I, I get kind of Woodstocky. Yeah. In, in the spring, as well as a lot of the like late fifties and sixties, like um, like Chess Records blues, mm-hmm. like that era, Ray Charles. You know. Yeah. Um, like some of like the full bl- full band soul and blues stuff. Mm. I like in in the spring. Um, it just it makes me feel really like rock and roll. Yeah. You know. Which I don't really feel any other time of the year. I just spring. I want to, I want to let down my hair and drive with the windows down. You want to rock and roll and all night, party full every stuff, day, full Woodstock. Yeah. yeah, I never listen to Kiss, but like, <laughs> you know. that's actually completely reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> well, the windows down bit reminds me. I mean, that's really what starts to categorize a summer album for me. I mean, it's right. a sort of a pedantic reason to say that something is like a summer album compared to like the reason something might be a winter album, but. For me, it's so much of, um, honestly, the EQing of it. It's like something Mm. that I can turn on in the car on the highway with the windows down, or at least with my window down, and just kind of blast it, and it doesn't cause me pain. And there's a lot of my favorite albums are horrible to listen to under those circumstances because... Like say like Elliot for example, like they're way too mentioned. quiet. Yeah. yeah, they're too quiet. When you turn them up, it brings out all the like crazy ass low end that an acoustic guitar creates when mm-hmm. you turn it up that high. Um, so a lot of my albums on this list are albums that like you can be driving on a road trip, or like to a beach, or just around town and just absolutely ripping these albums. And it's like it it'll be fine and yeah. it'll feel right. So for me, I, I told you guys while we were at our having our fire a couple weeks ago. There are like three or four different things that categorize summer music for me. One is the memories attached to it, if the memories are specific to summer and they have persisted um, or like that same feeling has persisted summer after summer after summer. And it's still kind of on my playlist and hits me in the same way. The other thing is like if it reminds me of a typical burgers and milkshake American summer experience. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, there's a lot of, I, I like to listen to like, you know, Connie Francis and like Bobby Vinton and like old pop mm. in the summer and stuff like that. Um, so there's one specific album on my list that is reminiscent of that. And then like music that reflects heat. Yeah. You know, like we were talking about like how blues. stuff by Donna like Summer. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> get hot and you get summer (laughs) (laughs) boom uh no like blues like um we were talking about how like blues was literally like born of having to survive the heat yeah you know and so like that is kind of the only time of the year that like old acoustic blues not the chess record stuff but like the older skip james robert johnson that kind of stuff kind of makes you think though why did they name it blues if it was you know, revolving around heat, you'd think they'd call it the reds, maybe the oranges. <laughs> yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. If you want to get real pedantic, I know the answer to that. I don't, but... I don't want to do that. <laughs> but I like the idea of like summer albums evoking that sort of nostalgia too, like, or just that right. reminiscing, you know, whatever you're kind of reminiscing on at the time, like if, as long as that's a recurring thing, like as long as you can revisit that each year. That's a Mm -hmm. big one for me, too, that, like, I don't know. It's almost like you're just dusting them off, you know? It's the same as, like, the winter albums. It's like, oh, I get to take out this furniture and, like, do this for a little while. And it's always the same type of album or the same set of albums for me. Were you there for that conversation, Pete, when we had talked about the nostalgia aspect? Uh, Yeah. I think I had brought it up when we talked about that. But, like, when I was tasked with, like, finding 
10 albums, I realized my inherent problem is that I listen to a lot of like singles. So like a lot Mm -hmm. of the songs that I've listened to with my friends, it'll be like one song off a specific album or electronic music that generally isn't released as part of an album. So it'll be like, yeah, some specific remix that I listened to in the summer of 2014, but I can't attach it to any greater body of work. I actually found that to be really hard coming up with summer albums because it's like all my winter albums, for example, like they're albums. It's like, it's almost like, you know, just the way you're like, body slows down like you just kind of like sit down and you sink into it and listen to an album versus the summer i'm definitely bopping around more between singles or eps or just sort of like a portion of an album and i found that tricky Mm -hmm. to come up with a list because i i could come up with like 200 summer artists right now but actually thinking like no i want to try to stick to albums specifically I mean, obviously, because that was our our objective that was the here. Assigned. But I was yeah. like really trying not to stray from that to be like, like Van Morrison came up for me. But I was mm-hmm. like, the rest of this album, I could give a shit. But it's like this song works, so mm-hmm. I had to like try to find mm-hmm. like which one of these is actually like the album, you know? And yeah, that was surprisingly difficult. Yeah, it's funny. There are, there are certain albums that have completely defined entire summers for me that did not make it on this list. <laughs> because <laughs> now years later they still hold up as great pieces of work but I'm not specifically trying to recapture that memory mm. and that was a big caveat when putting those lists together is I'm not trying to like it's not all nostalgia yep. yeah you know yeah, that's it's how like I certain, mine certain too. records I consumed me for an a whole or for a whole summer typically when it was the summer that the record came out but I only listen to it during the summer if I'm trying to recapture that same sensation mm. because it'll, I know how strong the nostalgia will be if I do put it on. Yeah. When do you start and stop listening to these albums, like each of you? Like, when is your... Is it more of a feeling or is it more of a date, like a white after Labor Day kind of situation? Or Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, not a specific date, but for me, I was actually thinking about how there are a few that like start in June for mm. me but I'm probably not putting them on in August. Is that just because like you listened to them so much starting in June that by August you're tired of them? No. Like there's one album on my list that I will start listening to, you know, late spring, early summer, so there that's June. And then it doesn't feel as right by the time it gets really 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 hot. Mm. And so it's it just has that everything is in full bloom. Everything is overgrown it's what i listen to driving around you know old woodsy and farm roads because it just it, i have memories of that connected to it but all right john um, denver <laughs> <laughs> you guessed it <laughs> <laughs> um but then like I, I won't it won't necessarily still be on my playlist by the time that i just get a hankering for garage rock mm. summer's also a weird one because i think like the There were a few albums, I don't know if any of them actually made my final list here, but there were a few albums I was really stuck on for a while that they just work the best during the summer. Like they're just, they don't necessarily like click into place the way like a winter or a fall album might, like Mm -hmm. because they don't correspond directly with any summer like activity or feeling or whatever. But like one that comes to mind is uh, Nevermind. For some reason, that is like a balls to the wall summer album for me. Because it just feels good to blast that on a day when you... Like, a few of mine, I noticed, they just make me feel young. Like, they Mm, make me feel like that kind of, like, 
you're borrowing somebody's car and going on a trip, that kind of vibe. And Same, never mind, yeah. it's not like it's a happy-go-lucky album, but it's just such a kind of like poppy but aggressive album. That Did it, it make your list? No, no. Okay. Because I could, as soon as I started going down that rabbit hole, I was like, you know what, this is going to get so diluted so fast. Like there were so many yeah. bands that I would put in this category or albums I would put in this category that if I have to pick 10, which I do, um, I don't want to try to argue for these. But I do have some honorable mentions, so I think that might Me be too. kind of fun at the end just to see if there's any singles or albums or artists or things that were like, I don't know, it's worth saying, but... Yeah. So Nevermind didn't make my list either. I was kind of bouncing it around, but I was thinking that's so not a summer-specific album to me. It works really well, I agree with you, mm -hmm. in the summer. Because it's just loud and so fucking poppy. Yeah. But it didn't make my list because I can just as well listen to it in the winter. And I was kind of listing albums that I only listen to in the summer and a lot of these i would listen to at other times of year but i like make sure to bring the cd in the car with me you know yeah having said that though had we both chosen never mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and like if there's any crossover on our three lists mm -hmm. i'm i'm bumping stuff down <laughs> so that i can make room for the other 10 <laughs> that didn't make it onto the yeah. final draft yeah. <laughs> i think matt and i might have some crossover we uh, might. Okay. I bumped a couple though when we talked about because I, I figure I'm going to jump in when I bumped some today <laughs> that yeah. I think mm. we both had. Mm. Okay. Pete and I had a unique situation because obviously, actually, I don't even know if the listener this might be apparent at some point, like from reading the title of the episode. But <laughs> Pete and I are brothers. <laughs> yeah. And uh -huh. um, so we, I think, some of our albums on here when we kind of were talking about how we had a few of the same ones. They were probably like very formative experiences for us musically. Like we're both into music and we both kind of discovered it at the same time through the same channels. Kind of we took like different routes there, but like a lot of it was like these drives we used to take to Salisbury Beach as kids, like different little things like that, that I know we listened to certain albums there that made it into our musical fingerprint now like yep. you can hear some of those riffs or some of those artists or those production styles and we talk about them they're still some of our favorite albums like so we had a few on there that i was like we definitely agreed we're like oh shit oh, this yeah. is probably from that car ride yeah so we had to um Seminal i think i bumped albums. those as long as i knew you had them i think i bumped those so hopefully you didn't okay. also bump those cause i might have <laughs> they were important ones but i think I, yeah i definitely did if they're not brought up we know which ones they are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will you want to get started? Yeah. Also, right. I did not rank mine. Did you guys rank yours? I didn't rank mine. I loosely, like I put my for sure top five. Okay. But the rest aren't in any like critical order, you know? Yeah. So my number 10, and I mentioned a few minutes ago that I like, I really go for the garage rock and that will be reflected in this list for sure. Yeah. That's something that's like just a vibe that I need in the summer driving through like New England downtowns and, and small neighborhoods and stuff. It just feels so right to me. Mm. A, uh, a much debated album in the realm of <laughs> 90s alternative rock or actually early 2000s alternative rock. Weezer's Green Album. Oh, yeah. That's a good it choice. It has all the melody you can ever want. It's what I listen to when I want to listen to with the Beatles, but want something heavier. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just got all the pop and all the distortion and all the, you know, it's just, it's a great record all along. So yeah. summer is a time when like melody is, becomes really, really, really important 
to me. Because um, not only do I want that same heaviness where you can turn the uh, uh, roll the windows down and turn the music up, um, but I also want to be able to sing along, and and so that's that's a vibe that I need. And Weezer does that so well, and I yeah. think up until like honestly, kind of up until like the is it the Red album? It was after Make Believe. Is the one I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah. It's like they still. It wasn't quite the same, but it's where they started yeah. to like lose a little bit of that like drive behind them. But God, those first bunch up until that point were like, is perfect for that. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. What's funny is, so I think that's a totally valid choice because obviously we're not here to say no. <laughs> that's not so. <summer. laughs> no. But no, it's just funny that the first uh, band that you brought up is one that I most closely associate with Winter. Because of interesting, because yeah, uh, okay. whenever we'd go on <laughs> ski trips, uh, the first song that you would put on was uh, the other way. Yep. Yeah, I don't know why it was huh. like a ritual after a yeah. while. So <laughs> yeah. whenever I hear Weezer, I'm like, time to grab my boot bag and my <laughs> my twigs. It's time to ski. Yeah. It was always the like pulling onto the on ramp. You're a little bit car sick, but not enough that it's a problem. And no just... one's fighting yet. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <It's> <laughs> No, but definitely thematically, Weezer is is so much more of a summer band. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it is funny. I have the same association with them. All right, what's yours, Pete? Oh, uh, okay. So first one on my list, and again, this is not ranked. Not ranked. It was a little unclear. I asked Matt about this, but would you count sort of like compilation albums as an album? For sure. Okay. Yeah. I think we talked about this at one point. Oh, we might have. And it probably yeah. just went in one ear and out the other for me. But, yeah. uh, you know, I was kind of thinking like, oh, maybe Beatles won like that album okay. of all their number one hits. But that's not it. <laughs> My choice is Bob Marley Legend. We did talk about that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I do listen to Bob Marley in all seasons, but I mean, yeah. reggae in the summer. Yeah. That's, it's, it's just yeah. meant to be. Yeah. Classic. Yep. And that one especially, like, it's really, really good. It's reggae. so good. It's so good. good. One. Yeah. I have it on vinyl right over there. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. It's funny that that almost gets kind of like a, a reputation where you have to defend the legitimacy of that choice, too, that it's like a, so trust me, like, it's, it's a perfect album for that. Yeah. No, that's good. I'm more, I have to say, I'm kind of more of a Jimmy Cliff man. I like Jimmy Cliff. But, but Bob Marley, solid choice. Legend. I mean... Legend. Legend. Yeah. <laughs> like you wake up on a summer morning. I used to actually wake up to Three Little Birds. Yeah. Summer mornings, waking up early. It would usually be if I had like soccer practice or something. You just mm -hmm. walk out into the sunshine, pop it on the iPod Nano, and just mm -hmm. take the day in. Does that have uh, Kaya on it? Uh, I don't think Kaya is on Legend. All right. But that's a good one. It's, the best. it's my <laughs> favorite weed song. Now. Yeah. It's just the most shameless weed song, and it's just so funny. <laughs> I mean, he me. says, I get so high, I nearly touch the sky. Yeah, it's <laughs> one of those songs. Well, he's laying it out pretty up. clearly. <laughs> Matt, what's your first? Um, I think New Miserable Experience by Gin Blossoms. Interest, Nice choice. That's, we see I them don't at know Earth why. Fest. Yeah, we did. We saw them at Earthfest years ago, I think. And um, they were one of those bands where, like, their discography changed so profoundly immensely after, yeah. after that album. But like, I really like that one and dusted, but I think that one is like just a perfect blend of like a little bit moody, a little, like it's got all the like singer songwriter, like angst and, and kind of grit that you would want, but it's just yeah. a perfect, like almost jangly. 
it's not like your typical jangle pop album, but it, it's kind of got those elements. And a lot yeah. of the songs are just good, like driving songs. And it has that sort of like summer vacation or bust. I remember like the first or second time that you and I met and hung out. Yeah. We were talking about Gin Blossoms and you were, you were telling me all about like the guitarist who was in the band at first who wrote like all the best songs. Yeah, Doug Hopkins. And then, and then left and he died, right? He did, yeah, like right yeah. after that. Because he's only yeah. on like a little bit of the album. He wrote a lot of it, but he's only playing on a little bit of it. And Yeah. I mean, because the track, the opening track, Lost Horizons, like, which I had never connected with the book Lost Horizons until... Oh. fairly recently but it just never clicked then I hadn't mm -hmm. read the book and then so I read the book and realized like that's where Shangri-La comes from and all that and just that opening I think it's the opening line of the song that opens the album it's um, the lost horizons I can see are full of bars and factories mm. and it's just like god damn that is like a gutting like dark Tom Petty kind of vibe like just <laughs> yeah I don't know, like I said, just summer vacation or bust. Like, it's just that mm -hmm. feeling of, like, you're getting spit out into the world and just do your worst, you know? Mm. So I always love that album. So Doug Hopkins, you said, died, like, after he wrote all the stuff. It was just after the first album. Pretty sure. That's after, a little, yeah. uh, a little, like, sublime, isn't it? Who's the, Sublime, uh, yeah, what the hell's that guy's name? I don't remember. Yeah. Brad Nolan? That sounds oh, that, Yeah, right. Bradley something. Bradley Knowles. That could be right. Bradley, I know there's definitely no. a Bradley. I'm mostly right. <laughs> I think did, I'm getting the, the last name. Did wrong Sublime maybe, make but. anyone's list? No. No, that would be a good mine. one. Yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> I just can't do Sublime. <laughs> it might have made my list like 20 years ago. Yeah. But, like Sublime's yeah. not bad. I was, I'll still go back to some Sublime yeah. every now and then. But I don't seek them out ever. <laughs> yeah. Santeria is pretty great. Like yeah, that's one of those song. where it might be great, a good yeah. single because I'm like just the guitar tone alone. I'm like I don't give a shit. It reminds that's... me of summer '96, so <laughs> it's a great summer song. Yeah, <laughs> it's my first summer. Yeah, summer of '96. Well, really? <laughs> <laughs> You're so old, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Speaking of so old, my number nine. I'm just going in descending order and pretending like these are ranked. Okay. So that there's a bigger reveal at the end. <laughs> uh, my number nine is the one I was talking about where I like to drive around like farm roads and, and go like off in the woodsy directions and, uh, and play this. It's Glenn Hansard's Didn't He Ramble. Okay. And it was like the second album that he did solo. He's kind of a little bit better known for, well, he's best known as the guy who was in the movie once as the busker. But he is a little bit better known for being in the, the Irish alt-rock band, The Frames, which is an amazing band. But this was like his second album that he wrote when he was a little bit older, or a solo album. And it just, it has all of the folk elements that I, that I want in like a good folk album, you know, in all the interviews about it, he would say like, I was trying to change the way that I wrote lyrics and it really informed the way that I write lyrics. Like I got, he's kind of a spiritual mentor to me in a way. Hmm. Glenn Hansard's Didn't He Ramble. It's a good one. I have to admit, I've never heard of Glenn Hansard. He's amazing. So I'm going to have to look him up. This is going to give me You've a lot of You've probably heard him. I, but, yeah, I yeah. might have heard him, but I don't recognize the name. Yeah, yeah. What's to your me? number nine? Well, yeah, I'm not really doing this yeah, in order a, at all. A symbolic number nine. Because uh, <laughs> we'll I, I started with what's probably my number one. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that works out. Uh, my number nine. We'll just we'll just deal with this one now. Midnight oil. Yeah. Blue sky mine. 
Okay. Or Blue Sky Mining. So, yeah. Yeah. Mining. Potato, potato. Uh, that is a classic to me because it starts off so strong yeah. with the song Blue Sky Mine. It's got this like great strumming, just like high energy. And then this harmonica comes in at one point yeah. and you're just like, oh yeah. And probably the, one of the best snare rolls yep. or kind of snare fills in like rock history. And one of the intro. best just snare sounds in general. Yeah. Midnight mm. Oil has such a simple like drum sound. Uh, in a certain sense, because the roles are very complex, but like they have this just signature single snare hit yeah. and the way that they EQ it or something, I could pick out Midnight Oil drums in a lineup of like a hundred different drum recordings. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, that album, I mean, Matt and I grew up listening to that as we would go to the beach, like sitting yeah. in the back of my mom's Nissan Altima or perhaps yeah. Volkswagen Jetta before the steering wheel started smoking. Yeah. And we had, <laughs> she got had like the crank windows too. Yep. And like, yeah. All black car, black interior, hot oh, summer day. I'm there. boiling. I think that contributed to my, my sweating issues that I experience now. Uh, I was roasted as a baby, but. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah, that's that whole album. Like, because what do you have? You have Blue Sky Mine, you have Shakers and Movers, Forgotten Years, which sounds oh, yeah. like it should be like the theme song for some 80s show mm. about mm. like, you know, kids in school, like best days of our lives, like yeah. sort of thing. Mm. Mm. Although, that I want to be clear when I said best days of our lives, I know that is a show. I've never seen it, but I wasn't referring specifically to that. Yeah. Oh, no, Days of Our Lives. Day, well, that's a days soap, of I think. I don't yeah. even know what I'm talking about at this point, so we can move on to Matt's pick. <laughs> Top 10 soap operas, go. <laughs> no, that was actually one I bumped from mine, too. That that was one of my most oh, important okay. albums, too. It's, I think it's probably like the quintessential one that like the two of us like just developed around. Like, yeah. That's like mm -hmm. the center of that whole thing. But um, yeah, my second one... I'm going to say just because I believe that was a cassette yes. that we had. So just keeping on that theme, um, there's yeah. this one cassette that I, it's either only a cassette or it's like a cassette and vinyl. I haven't been able to find a CD or anything of this, which is weird, but there's this Chris Christopherson compilation, the songs of Christopherson hmm. that I had on a cassette. I still have it somewhere, but it must've been a thrift store find or something. But my first car, this was like, this was if you've ever had that experience of breaking down in a car in the summer, yeah, and you're sitting on the side of the road just like cursing yourself and just like oh, this yeah. sucks. Like, what, where the hell has my life gotten to? This is <laughs> perfect for that, and it sort of it spans that space between Delta Blues, kind of just perfect, like you know, just still quiet summer where you can see the heat waves and ripples and shit, and the. I don't know, like you're still out trying to like make it in the world. It's just a great compilation. It's almost got like a demo-y quality to it. And Christopherson's just incredible. I mean, he's an amazing lyricist and he does this deep country voice thing where he's like, there's this one track called uh, Why Me Lord, where he just opens it with like a Why Me Lord. Mm. And that, if hmm. your car breaks down and you're sitting there, like that's what you want to hear. <laughs> that's <laughs> so what you want. I love that one, so. Yeah. I'm not super from the like I've I've heard the Silver Tongue Devil and I mm. many times. That's on there. different uh, copies of that vinyl have come my way, mm. like like over and over again. <laughs> For some reason, I mean, it's just out there in every record store and every like one dollar box mm. you look in. Yeah, um, that's probably where so, I got this thing. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah. So speaking of like the Delta sound, the kind of more country sound. 
I am a huge fan of the AMC television show Hell on Wheels. Okay. Uh, ah, big wagon train guy. Yeah. Big railroad <laughs> man over here. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were big into the Titanic. I am. Just any mode of transportation that's outdated, you're into. <laughs> and is likely to <laughs> fail. Yeah. <laughs> there might be death. <laughs> <laughs> or is it any visual media where a lot of people die? It could be that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, great, like, Western-sounding soundtrack on that show. And something they did really well in the first couple seasons was they had a lot of folk and blues acts that are more modern but really contribute well to the aesthetic of the show. So that show was the first time that I ever heard Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. Mm. And then I got super into them for a while. So my number eight is Black Black Rebel Motorcycle Club's Howl. And it just has some, like, amazing folk rock songs, some really good bluesy songs, like, some gritty pop songs on it. Like, it's a really, there's a lot of variety on that album. Mm. But I love listening to it on, like, a really hot summer day Mm. while I'm driving. Because, again, blues in the heat just makes a lot of sense to me and it's like a way to cope with <laughs> dehydration <laughs> um so yeah howl by brmc it's my number eight nice very nice uh so yeah kind of keeping with the whole like blues folk vibe golden hour an album by kaigo <laughs> kidding it's not it's not blues it's not folk rock in the slightest uh, so, I mean, I guess there's guitars in it at some point, but Kygo is one of those artists for me where I hate to toot my own horn, but toot toot. I was real early on the Kygo train, uh, like found him when he had just like two or three songs on SoundCloud. And now he's one of the biggest, uh, producers, electronic music producers in the world. And a couple songs that always stuck with me, like through the years were, like his remix of Marvin Gaye's Sexual Healing, which is just a jam. Uh, but then he he released his first album. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it a lot. Listened to it for a while. Pretty summery, but also like almost a little too sad in a lot of like songs to be like quintessentially summery for me. Then he released another album, which strayed a little further off his usual sound. But his most recent album, which is Golden Hour kind of goes back to that original summery sound that he had where you get Mm -hmm. just like this sort of tropical house sound in a lot of songs. So you'll hear flutes, you'll hear just like synths that kind of remind you of like the eighties a little bit. And it's just a very airy, light, energetic album. And there are plenty of songs on it that go hard. Like you could, you could dance to them, you can drive to them, or you could just like, hang out and vibe to him, but mm. that kind of that rolls off the tongue. That's yeah. pretty good. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Kygo golden hour had to include it. Kygo's also been, I mean, realistically, as far as the music that I make, he's been the most significant influence. Mm. Like he's the one that kind of made me go, you know what? Piano is pretty cool. Cause I've played piano for almost 20 years now. And I always kind of wish that I played guitar But hearing him play piano and people really like responding to his piano and then realizing that I could make music that's regarded as being like cool with a piano. I was like, you know what? This is, Hmm. this is nice. 
Maybe yeah. there is hope. It's clearly before yeah. you found Bruce Hornsby. That is before I found Bruce Hornsby. <laughs> I lost all hope. <laughs> <laughs> I think for my next one, I'm going to go with... Uh, I know I've regaled both of you with um, stories of this album or my love of this album, but Boston self-titled. Oh, yeah. That's like one of my absolute... That could be in my top three for summer albums because it's just... Wow. It's not one of my top three albums. Yeah. But it's where I just realized like, oh, there is certain music that does better with the windows down and like mm-hmm. that album is mixed in such a specific kind of cool way and... And I just have like really fond memories attached to it, like road trip memories. It's it's a perfect like highway kind of thing. Like, and it's got so many. I don't. It, that's not a best of, is it? Like, that's not like a singles. No, no. So because it feels like like a bunch of it. It does. They have a pretty. It's all good... you hear on the radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's one of those like debut albums where the entire thing is singles. Yeah, but yeah, mm. there's not much to say about the Boston one other than just like it. I don't know. It, it is my summer. That it's when I f- I don't listen to it any other time of year. Yeah, it's high energy, it, classic yeah. sound. Yeah, what song do they kick it off with? Yeah. Oh, I don't long, even remember. Um, is it is it more than a feeling or is I it? I think long it might time? be more than a feeling. Yeah, the fade in feels like the beginning. Yeah. Gotta look because I know actually. it starts with like one of their biggest hits. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure it's more than a feeling. It is more than a feeling, All and right. then peace of mind. Oh, yeah, that's strong. <laughs> And then long time, and then rock and roll band. It's it's just all fucking hits and hits and hits. And you I can remember cuss my, on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna start cussing, baby. Goddamn shit. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my first ever tour. That was like we listened to that album so much, and I have a feeling this is where that love for it came from. Because I remember just mm. like blasting down the highway, listening to um, probably all of it, but like rock and roll band specifically, and just being like. 17 or 18 or whatever I was and just like driving around like open roads like screwing with truckers like all the like road trip shit that you do when you're 18 and just feeling like this is this is dead on like this is exactly where I want to be and what I want to be listening to and like no other album has really hit that hard that way so it's always felt like owning a uh, owning like a little sports car or something like you would be you wouldn't be caught dead driving that thing if there's precipitation or any other season, but like as soon as you pass Memorial Day, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. it's on. So yeah, that's that's definitely on there. When you Perfect. say screwing with truckers, I assume you mean at various <laughs> rest stops along the highway. Yeah, listen to something. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, the lot lizard Miguel. I have this habit of um if I'm in a a music store that has a lot of old used CDs, especially ones from the 90s, mm. and I happen to find one where I'm like, oh, I heard the single off of that that came out in 1997. I've never listened to the full album before, and it's $3. I'll just pick it up. Mm. So that has led me to developing, like turning into kind of a fan of a lot of bands that I wouldn't have otherwise. And one of those bands is Not A Surf. Oh, Yeah. Their single Popular came out sometime in the mid to late 90s. Yeah. And I remember loving the song and loving the video when it was on MTV. And just on a whim, I bought that first album, the one that 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 single was on. And that couldn't have been more than like 
six or seven years ago, and that has become a summer summer staple for me. So my number seven is not a surf's high low, and it really fits with that like grunge garage rock. Um, some of the songs in there are actually kind of poppy mm-hmm. um, and melodic, but not all of them. But it just it really it checks the the garage rock box for me more than anything. But it's just really it's awesome to just play that fucking loud. Yeah. I've seen them a couple of times, and like they've consistently been one of the best live bands I've ever seen. They are so really? freaking tight, huh? And they're they're wicked nice. Like I went to see them in like Portsmouth, I think one time. Okay, I don't remember how the hell this happened, but I was up there and ended up bumping into a friend of mine who was like a long time like roadie, basically. Mm-hmm. for like early Smashing Pumpkins and like early Nirvana and stuff. And he was just like hanging out up there. And somehow we ended up just hanging out with the drummer, Ira Elliott, for a while. And he was like just the most fascinating, just like friendly, cool dude. And he was t- teaching us all this stuff about how um, how he drums in mm-hmm. Not A Surf. So next time you listen to them, like try to listen for this because I had never really heard it this way. But he said like Buddy Rich was one of his biggest influences of all time. Really? And that thing where Buddy Rich, which I wasn't aware of before this, but he, when he hits a cymbal, he catches it on the way back up too. Oh. So he gets like huh. a shh, shh kind of thing. Yeah. And it allows you to do all this crazy shit. And so he has this like kind of jazz undertone to how he plays. And now listening yeah. back to them, I can totally hear he's doing all these jazz fills and like it opened up a whole new dimension for me. So I love those guys. That's a, that's a good thing. Uh, so my next pick there's a three-piece group, sometimes a four-piece, but mainly a three, who has probably, like, if I was to rate singers, you know, you have, like, your Freddie Mercury, who's, you know, damn near the top, and I'm going to be a wild card and also throw Liam Gallagher in there. (laughs) Not the best voice, but the right voice. So there's certain, like, upper echelons, but coming damn close is the lead singer of a band called Arizona. So Arizona is, they almost do like a very 80s centered sound, but their album called Asylum is just unbelievably summery. Like the topics that they sing about are pretty darn summery too, without actually singing about summer. It's just things that you would probably do in the summer or very like opulent lyrics, for instance. You're not going to listen to songs about diamonds and champagne and Chardonnay in the winter. You might not listen to them at all, but you should, because <laughs> it's very good. Um, but no, they have uh, a lot of their songs make you feel a little nostalgic for like the songs of the 80s without actually, you know, having experienced the 80s. I can't recommend the album Asylum enough. It's just phenomenal. Like, I'm not usually a big electric drum kit kind of guy, mm. but when it's used in the right context, oh, it fucking hits. Mm. No pun intended, but also <laughs> pun definitely intended. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Arizona Asylum, super just like poppy, like crazy poppy. Like mm. so poppy, it should hurt, but it doesn't. Yeah. It just feels right. No, those are good ones. That's and it's you're right. It's the time of year to listen to anything that's just so shamelessly poppy. It, yep. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That was hard to pare them down sometimes. Like to think about like all the. I mean, that's where the singles issue came up. But like, how many yeah. like, good power pop songs or like jangle pop songs or like Matchbox Twenty kept <laughs> showing up like that kind of stuff. I'm like, I don't care. This is the this is the one. And 
Yeah, it's the season for that. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to veer off in a direction here just to add one instrumental one to the mix because um, uh-huh. we can't have a summer album list without surf. Yeah. You just can't. And yeah. this is one where, like, again, it, it is hard to pick an album for me because a lot of times surf albums, like the the real classic surf bands at least, I haven't, like, locked in with an album specifically, mm-hmm. but I lock in with their sound or with like kind of their discography on average, but I don't like say the ventures, for example, they kind of, yeah. there's always like points where they veer into like, now we're going to try to sing mm-hmm. and it doesn't work well. Dick Dale even does it. But, um, I just tried to pick an album that like hits that feeling well. And, mm-hmm. and so I picked, uh, the Weisternauts. I was gonna say, if, <laughs> I was gonna say the Weisternauts as a joke. No, I'm thinking in. that you would pick Dick Dale. But then when you said not Dick Dale, I was like, you could probably see it in my eyes if you're looking at the video. But I was like, oh my God, I think you picked the Weisternauts. Yeah. Wow. The theme from Jack Coke. Yeah. Ooh. So yeah, I picked um, Featuring Sprightly because a lot of their albums have these, they even acknowledge it in one. They, it just opens with um, like, shall we continue with the adjective titles? And they're all like featuring Sprightly, featuring Perky, featuring whatever. And it's... They're an insane, um, just kind of like loungy surf band. They're mm. actually fairly local too. Yeah, they are. I mean, their huh. picture for featuring Sprightly is on Route One. Oh, the dinosaur! Yeah, it's a dinosaur, like a big orange dinosaur that was at a mini golf course. Oh, fun! That has since been torn down, I think. Yeah, uh, it, but the dinosaur's still there. It's in like a kind of a oh. car dealership lot, so he overlooks. He's on like a big bluff thing, but. <laughs> I think Pete Weiss, he's the um, the main guy. I think probably one of the guitar players. We've yeah. seen them before. Yeah, we saw them at Salem Willows. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they're just they're a cool as hell band. Pete yep. Weiss is a really good producer. I think he's up in like Vermont or something now. But to me, they're just one of those perfect like, honestly, just easy listening kind of like they're just mm-hmm. really good surf musicians, and all of the albums are just a blast to listen to. And I put them in as kind of like a linchpin for all the other surf bands that might come in there like because dick dale like that's i'm probably more likely to listen to dick dale more often during a summer okay but i don't have a lot of dick dale albums it's just kind of like if dick dale comes on i'm like all right this is yeah it's usually like go time and same with the ventures um but you really can't go wrong with the Westernauts, and i think they deserve a little bit of recognition beyond they do (laughs) and i'd like to be clear at first it might have sounded like i was shitting on the weisternauts because i was you know just i couldn't believe matt's choice i'm not (laughs) shitting on the weisternauts at all i love the weisternauts i have so much of their stuff in my spotify but Mm. wow yeah great choice i'll throw in an honorable mention here and ironically i spent a whole winter listening to this there's a, a compilation called Lost Legends of Surf Guitar. There are a few different volumes of it, mm. and it turns you on to some really cool stuff. Mm. That's I don't know if I've listened to that. I haven't. Yeah. Uh, you got to look it up. I believe it's on Spotify if you want to listen to it. Um, I think a friend of mine had the CD, and I was just going through it while we were like playing pool one time. Mm. It was just like, well, we're definitely listening to Lost Legends of Surf Guitar. <laughs> It's funny how they all are lost legends too. Like yeah. every surf band sounds like a fucking legend. Yeah. And no one knows any surf bands. Like you know everyone like knows surf and I don't know a single person who doesn't respond positively to surf. Right. When it's on, but it's just one of those like it's probably because it's all instrumental. 
It's like yeah. the way composers get kind of like lumped into this big, it's classical. Yeah. It's not, oh, that's Beethoven and that's Bach, unless you like listen to them. It's right. funny how Surf kind of like making these songs or making these bands and just depositing them into this obscurity forever and mm-hmm. until they end up on these compilations at dollar stores and stuff. And I mean, mm-hmm. thrift stores. I and feel like and... part of it is the fact that like, you know, you have a bunch of bands like the Beach Boys, for instance. And, yeah. But the songs that are kind of lost and the bands that are lost, as you're saying, are the ones who never really went for it as far as like vocals. Yeah. Because everything mm. kind of does, like there are specific like playing styles that you might be able to pick out. But to the layman, you're working with the same instruments, playing the same style, probably recorded on like the same equipment. So everything just kind of does sound the same. Yeah. But I mean, that people, sound is like, God damn. Yeah, the sound perfect. is fantastic. Yeah. Captain Geach and it. the Shrimp Shack Shooters. Yeah. Oh, that's an honorable mention. The, uh, <laughs> that Thing You Do soundtrack. Yep. That oh, yeah. Definitely God damn, mention. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so in order to explain my number six pick, I have to explain how good it felt for this album to act, to finally come out. I was a big Deftones fan growing up. I still am. And it was rumored that there was a side project from Chino Marino, the singer of Deftones coming out called Team Sleep. And if you went on Napster, that's how old I am. <laughs> if you went on Napster and searched for Team Sleep, you would find the demos from Team Sleep. But they weren't actually the demos from Team Sleep. When you uploaded stuff to Napster, you could just label it as something like it's your like local band and you just label it as someone else. And then everyone's <laughs> downloading it thinking it's some long lost treasured demos. And it was the most exciting thing. Like, oh man, this is going to be so cool when it comes out. So I don't know who the band was that I was listening to, but it was not Team Sleep for like five years. <laughs> we were just listening to these demos that were labeled as Team Sleep demos. But we're like, oh yeah, we got, it was kind of good. Like it was kind of, you know, like new metal, you know, mm-hmm. there, there was some good new metal back in the day. But then finally in 2005, Team Sleep self-titled album came out and I, it just owned that entire summer for me. It is so good. It is like a perfect mix of electronica and like heavy new metal-ish guitars, but like kind of verging on on post-rock. And I'll also throw an honorable mention in here. <laughs> Chino Marino also has a side project called Palms. I think they only had one one album, but that's a really good summer listen as well. But um, Team Sleep, I will always listen to when I'm just like driving home late at night, summer night just like in an air conditioned car and I just need to like, <laughs> that's so specific. Out. It's a very specific vibe. It's a very Four specific cylinder air cooled, <laughs> air conditioned car, cloth seats. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's what I tend to listen to when like I'm on my way back from a long day in the summer. Mm. So it's a very specific vibe, but there was a, a whole, the whole summer of 2005 was just all about that album to me because it felt so good for it to finally come out. It was five years <laughs> of listening to mislabeled demos <laughs> that I thought was Team Sleep, but we're not Team Sleep. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've listened to that one. I definitely haven't. I haven't done the whole Deftones universe, honestly. Getting so much new stuff. Yeah. I don't know that either of you would would be into Deftones too much, but I think I feel like both I of might you would, be into Deftones. 
both of you would definitely like at least elements of Team Sleep. Okay. Well, one thing we should link to all of these, like all the bands that we mentioned that yeah, end up I will. staying in. We should link them in the the show notes. Yeah. If oh, if only for our own <laughs> purposes, <Yeah>. but maybe because <laughs> it would be a, such a cheap shot to just mention this many mm-hmm. bands and albums and things and. We should definitely link the Weistronauts. (laughs) No one else. (laughs) They deserve so much more. Uh, Okay, so my next choice, actually, I don't even need the list. My next choice, uh, which probably ranks pretty close to the top if I was to make a ranking, Mm -hmm. is Odessa's album, A Moment Apart. So I'm not sure how familiar you you guys are with, um, with Odessa. A bit. But based on what I had listened to, uh, with their previous work. Cause I was not a big Odessa fan before this album. They did electronic stuff. So on paper, I should have liked it, but it was a little too dancey and they were kind of going for, I think what turned into the genre of like future house and future bass, which is like a lot of like manipulated vocals, very high pitched sort of stuff. Just, I wasn't gelling with it, but as soon as I turned on a moment apart, and this is an album where if you listen to it in order, it is more than an album. It's like an experience. They bring in this classical sound that I had not heard previously in like true electronic, uh, you know, beyond like the Brian Eno sort of thing where you get like maybe some strings in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like they have these orchestral arrangements and all of these songs and then these like booming vocals and it's so powerful and it is still, I mean, that album came out in I think 2016 mm. and yeah, even six years later, it's still my go-to for if it's like windows down on the highway, driving to or from the beach, doesn't matter. But if you're listening to it as the sun goes down, it's like everything just makes sense. Yeah. It's incredible. Mm. You know, it's funny as you said Odessa and I thought you meant Odetta. I don't know Odetta. Uh, She's like a blues singer. Okay. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a familiar. Oh, no. I'm (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm turning you on to this young people music, Joel. (laughs) This newfangled computer music. (laughs) Fuck, I wish I put, um, have have either of you heard the Mavis Staples album with Wilco? Or with Jeff Tweedy? No. That's so fucking good. That's a great summer album. I think Sam, my old friend Sam Rowe just mentioned that to me when I saw him last, like probably a month ago. It's I wicked. I did not cool. realize he was a fan. Yeah. It's awesome. Cause it's, it's Jeff Tweedy producing it. And I think like Jeff Tweedy and his son and maybe a couple of other people from the Wilco sphere, hmm. um, recording in Wilco's studio and like Nick Lowe wrote one of the songs. Like it's just this kind of cool blend of like just really good soul singing. Like she's just awesome in general. But you get like Wilco's production style and like a mm. little bit more like a pop thing to it. And it's it's just a weird it doesn't sound like it should work, but it's mm-hmm. a phenomenal one. I don't know that it's a specifically like summer album for me, but that just reminded me and the world should hear that album. It's mm. so fucking good. Mm. Um yeah, for my next like legit one, a little bit of dip, like dipping into the summer of love feeling. Um okay. Astral Weeks, that Van Morrison uh, yeah. album. Yeah. Yeah. This might be another one of our um, like nostalgia well, what's, ones. What's on that album? Honestly, I don't even know names by heart. It's one of those I put um, it on and I let it the play. The Way Young Lovers Do. Yep. 
So we're not talking brown-eyed girl or no. dance? No, Vince is a very different Van Morrison than that, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't think it's him. Like, you'd recognize yeah. his voice, but, like, it's just an album. I put it on, and I just leave it on. Like, I haven't even, like, looked at it physically very much. I just, when I want to go to that place, I put it on. And it's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's very different, because I had been toying with, like, some of, remember that guy we used to see playing outside that hotel? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he was in always Martha's playing. Vineyard? Yeah, he was always playing Van Morris and shit. Yeah, like that's where I kind of go emotionally for like the, summer evenings. Like it's it perfect. The Eisenhower Gallery that he was playing in front of. Okay, hmm. we can link that in, in the description. <laughs> <laughs> link in the show notes. <laughs> so it's like I just I think I might have developed a real affinity for Van Morrison's summertime feelings like then, but huh. Astro Weeks is like a perfect like. I don't know. It's almost like trippy in the right ways. Like it's yeah. not trippy, like in a stupid. Like, it's a little experimental. Yeah. Yeah. Like weird songwriting, weird playing, weird production, but not distracting. Yeah. Like you can just sit down and hang out and listen to it. If you really listen to it, you can be like, "What the hell is he doing?" I don't know. It it just hits a really cool nerve for me. So. I think I've, I've told you this story, Matt. But there was a there's a VH1 book about like the hundred albums you need to hear before you die or something like that. Yeah. And. uh I started at a hundred and it was ranked in descending order. Mm -hmm. And of course it's one of those lists where like the top 15 are all just Beatles and stones and the who <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, you got a lot of wiggle room before you get to that point. But, yeah. um, essentially I, I had learned so much about Jeff Buckley. I was a big Jeff Buckley fan back then mm -hmm. and still am. But he said that his album grace was greatly influenced by astral weeks. So, they were both on the list, but mm -hmm. I don't remember which one was ranked higher, but I was going in descending order numerically until I got to one of those albums. And then I had to listen to them back to back just to have the experience of that. Yeah. And it's interesting. You can really hear the influence. Um, yeah. I never thought about that, but I, yeah. I could totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. Did I just see that, uh, Matt Bellamy from Muse bought Jeff Buckley's guitar? Oh, really? I hope so. I, I think it was the one that he played. <laughs> it's a little off brand uh, for Matt Bellamy. On. Yeah, 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 it isn't. It isn't. But yeah, uh, he gets those custom guitars, with the kill switches in them, and yeah, stuff, the, and the, the active electronics. Is it like Manson guitars? Yeah, with the scratch pad thing on them. Yeah. Those are so cool. Yeah, yeah. He, oh, he got this new thing. I'm sorry, I have to bring this up. Uh, <laughs> there's a section of their show because I was watching like some Muse live performances because I love Muse. They're, yeah, they're ridiculous, awesome. but they're awesome. It's uh, so theatrical. And this is the most theatrical and ridiculous thing that they've done. So they used to do, and they still do sometimes, uh, when they're going to perform Knights of Cydonia, they'll have Chris Wollstenholm, the bassist, step out with a harmonica, and he'll play some Ennio Morricone songs, like Man with the Harmonica. And it's this big production, but Matt Bellamy decided that he had to one-up that. And it's a <laughs> section of... <laughs> their show that they called Behold the Glove. <laughs> Take a guess as to what he plays. That's right, a glove. <laughs> he has this glove that looks like something that Thanos would wear, or Thanos, whatever his name is, where he's got the power rings. <laughs> like, I, Forgive me, because I haven't seen the Avengers movies, but it's this big synthwave-looking glove with all these metallic pieces and, like, gems. And he just has, like, a little pad on it where he can modulate the pitch of a synth. And it just goes like... Whee! Whoa. 
but he like plays along to this like interlude and it's, I first saw it and I was like, that is the stupidest shit that I've ever seen in my life. If Muse was ever like, if there was ever a moment where Muse jumped the shark, this is it. And I'm out. But then I listened to it a little more and I was like, fuck, it's kind of cool. <laughs> I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah. You have to look how it up. They, it's insane. How do they refer to it? Like, is there a sign or something that said, like, do they the say glove. behold the glove? Uh, I don't know, but I've just seen it as this section of the show in every single live like taping. It's just like, you know, Stockholm syndrome, plug in baby, behold the glove. <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> they are so good though. Like they yeah, lead into yeah, it. Incredible. Like, yeah, they did. But there what's the the one of the new singles they they get very um we've always joked about like both of us love Muse, like unironically, just great band, but like mm-hmm. Lyrically, sometimes we're like, they fall man. short. Like, just some of the the paranoia themes. It, yeah, are made tough. sense with like their album, like Absolution. It's just like Matt Bellamy doesn't go right out and say like, "There are people coming for you. We must hide. We must kill." <laughs> yeah. He's just hinting at it. He's like, yeah. Yeah. you know, there are references to like some sort of overarching force that's like out to get you, like. He'll say time is running out, and it's like, oh, sh- from what? Yeah, like what's going to happen? <laughs> that's but then, as yeah. the albums go along, he tells you exactly what's going to happen. At first, it's reapers and drones, and then it just becomes like <laughs> everyone is out to kill you, everyone. So you must kill or be killed. <laughs> yeah, he's like, we must kill or be killed tonight. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Oh no! He said his bandmates like kind of sat him down at one point, right? Yeah, like, I, got I had read that uh, they were like, "You're stressing us out so much. <laughs> like all this paranoia shit has got to end." And that's when they started like kind of doing goofier stuff. I think okay. it was when Second Law came out. Mm. Like they had done uh, the Resistance. Mm. And then they came out with <laughs> the resistance yeah. was great. Yeah, it's great. But yeah, then they then they came out with Second Law, and that was more interesting. They they're a wicked cool band though. Like they have all sorts of like weird waters that they start treading into every so yeah. often, but like mm. they're so I don't experimental. Know, just, I did yeah, I love that about them. Like they always just sound like a band, you know, and they've been together since or friends at least since they were like 13, right? Like the one Yeah, like, Muse in one form or another has existed since <clears throat> like I think 1989. Whoa, what? Yeah. It's like Green Day. They were like They like first started performing in like 91 or 92 or something like that. Yeah. Wow. But they've been doing it for a while. I didn't know that. Shit. And hearkening back to our surf discussion. Oh, yeah. Uh, Matt Bellamy's father was in the band The Tornadoes, who had the first British hit on the American Billboard charts with their song really? Telstar. Huh. Came out in when? Fifth, like 50... Oh, Nine sixty, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, like a very like space oriented surf song. No lyrics, but it's fucking great. It's a cool, and you can hear like in Muse, especially in Matt's playing, you can hear that Knights of Sidonia. Yeah, it's like for sure an ode to Telstar. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Yep. Telstar is awesome. So listen too. to those back to back. Compare them. You'll huh. see the similarities. Really yeah. cool. I'll have to listen to that. So speaking of hits from the 50s, this is not an album of hits from the 50s, but as I was saying earlier, I love 
music that's like at least reminiscent of of that era, like early '60s bubblegum pop type stuff. Like I mentioned, Connie Francis and Bobby Vinton is just like corny ass pop songs with great melodies and hopefully great choruses mm-hmm. are just where it's at for me, and I call it my burger, burger and milkshake music. Yeah. And so number five for me is She and Him, Volume Two. Okay. Volumes one and three are both solid albums. For some reason, this one in particular just just kind of does it for me. It has a little bit more mood to it than the other two. Okay. To me, um, it starts off with a song called "Thieves," which is like one of the greatest pop songs ever written, in my opinion. One of the songs on Volume Two actually has, I think, probably my favorite guitar solo. It's extremely simple, but mm. just perfect in every way. Mm. So, like, kind of early July ish around that time. When it's just like, all right, I hate summer, but, and this is the irony that this whole list is I do not like summer. I'm not a summer person at all. Um, but I need the music to help me kind of like conceptualize summer in a way that I can process it and be happy with it. So is it the heat? Yeah. No, I do not do well in the heat. You should see how much sweat there is on my body right now. Matt, can you verify that I've sweated yeah. through my shirt? No, I'm with you too. That's, that's why I wear a dark color. Cause this is a video. Like I can't pressure. figure out if it's just humid still, or if I'm like breaking a fever down here. <laughs> that was my whole experience. The first summer of the pandemic, dude, I just never knew. Like today could I be sick? the day. <laughs> live every day like it's your last (laughs) am i sick or do i just hate summer (laughs) a new Um, album from joel (laughs) mongin but yeah she and him volume two really gives me that like if i want to celebrate that summer's coming but at least make me look forward to burgers and milkshakes later on yeah that's a good and that's a good point to bring up too that like the summer really does have distinct phases yeah emotionally and musically like the kind of i mean they each i guess correspond loosely with the months like yeah it's one of the rare seasons like that where i think not rare there's only four of them but you know like it's kind of unique in that way that like you get your june albums because it's almost like there's still a novelty to like oh my god i don't have to wear a coat and i can go outside and this is awesome and then july where it's like you've settled in and you've unpacked and then august where it's like fuck this and yeah but kind of also that dog days. Because I always start getting into like the blues stuff in August. Yeah, same. It's just the like I've surrendered. <laughs> like it's just yeah, blues yeah. time. Now, Joel, a quick question. Uh, uh-huh. You said just a moment ago makes you look forward to burgers and milkshakes. Are you referring to burgers and milkshake, milkshakes not only figuratively but also literally? Like some of this music you actually listen to like before you eat burgers and milkshakes? I don't mean burgers and milkshakes figuratively at all. You mean it like you're literally going to have a burger and a milkshake? Not immediately and, after. No, not immediately after, but I mean like this whole time when you were saying like burger and milkshake music, I thought you were just using that as like a device. Like Oh, oh, oh. In that but, sense, yeah, figuratively, yeah. Okay. But, but, but both, yeah. But, but, okay. For sure. I, yeah. I just wanted to know because you <laughs> – like it had made so much sense as just like a figurative thing. And it does make sense as a literal I, thing. Too. I could just as easily call it like happy days music. You know what okay. I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I figured that that's what you meant, but I just needed to make sure. Shana Na isn't on this list. Oh my God. Ah, what is Shana Na? Band. What? Oh. You, you probably like them. You would love <laughs> Shana Na. They're fun. Well, don't act so shocked that I don't know Shana Na. <laughs> 
<laughs> they do a lot of uh do wop doobie wop oh, I like, like wop Yeah. Yeah, you'd get into them, I think. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any ABBA? On my list? No. Because all the there should be ABBA. ABBA deserves an honorable mention, but honestly, like mm. they kind of transcend seasons. Yeah, we it's just, just do it episode. If you feel ABBA. like listening to some of the best music ever made, throw on ABBA. Yeah. But like where I didn't want to rely too heavily on uh, artists like greatest hits yeah, yeah. albums, that's what I would probably name like just ABBA's greatest hits. Yeah. Because there are great songs on every album. Yeah. But there isn't like one singular album album that mm. I would be like, yeah. that's the one. That's summary. Yeah. But at the same time, if you get into my car in the summer for more than 10 minutes, like it's coming on. Yeah. I get shit every year from somebody over this, but it is going to happen every year. And by the end of that car ride, they will understand why Ava's the finest band around. Where's Joel going? No, he's just fixing something. What do you think their top one is? Their top song? Or top three for like that situation. Oh, for just like ripping in the car, like windows down. That's tough. I mean, it depends what time of day it is. Because if it's nighttime, we're going winter takes it all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or winter takes all. Forgive me. I'm sweating so bad here. <laughs> fucking delirious. Uh, the coffee hasn't helped. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, winter takes all is pretty goddamn good. SOS, I'm definitely oh, putting yeah. up there. I mean, I want to say Dancing Queen. Yeah. But I feel like I've heard it so much where it's now like, it's almost like a wonder wall for me. Where I still love the mm. song, but I don't immediately jump to it because I'm so familiar with it. Yeah. So I might throw in Chikatita. Yeah. I, knew I love do. Chikatita. <laughs> I was telling Matt the other day, Chikatita to me is like a version of the Thomas the Tank Engine theme that yeah. I can listen to without being ridiculed in public. Yeah. Because the Thomas the Tank Engine she- uh, theme absolutely slaps. That's a good one. It's yeah. so well written and it's so bouncy and it's so fun. And then Chikatita is. Very similar to it in the sense that it has that same almost like not quite ragtime bounce, but it's just that like you want to stomp your feet. Yeah, it's almost like a two four kind of like yeah, thing. like (laughs) chugging of a train. Yeah, you're just bouncing up the track listening to Chikatita. You should tell the story of uh, just quickly of the last time you listened to Chikatita in public. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) so it was a (laughs) it was a little bit embarrassing. I was driving through the Phillips Academy campus and. You know, I was on my way back from a little bit of work that I had done. I'm sweaty. I got the windows down, but I'm in a great mood. So I'm like, you know what? I'm throwing on Chiquitita. So I throw on Chiquitita. And (laughs) (laughs) there are many points in that song where the singing is just like through the roof. Like they're belting it out. And I'm in my car thinking that I can belt it out too. Spoiler alert, I can't. So... (laughs) What I didn't realize as I am trying so hard to reach the levels that the singers of ABBA are reaching, what I don't realize is that my windows are down. So like when I left the house that I was working at and started driving, it was fine because there's no one around. But then I reach an area with a crosswalk and people and I'm just like, (laughs) chickadee And then I 
Still hadn't realized at that point, so I switched to a falsetto, realizing that I <laughs> that I wasn't hitting the exact register that I wanted to. So I'm going like, oh, sing a new song, chiquitita, which uh, made a couple of people look in my direction and wonder what's wrong with this gentleman in sure. this vehicle. Uh -huh. uh, uh -huh. But it, it gets to the point where you just... You're ashamed, but you have too much pride yeah. to actually roll the window up. So I just kept the window down and uh, kept singing the falsetto yeah. and drove away pretty much with my tail between my legs. <laughs> it was pretty bad. <laughs> but that's the the best part of ABBA is like you can have that moment. And then as you're driving away, ABBA's also the band that'll soothe yep. that yep. pain. <laughs> as I licked my wounds, I had ABBA too. Uh, They're full service. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> All right, so who's up now? I think, I think, it's, I think it's me. me. Okay. Uh, this is uh, one that I thought Matt might have on it. Uh, one of actually like three, I think. So this one is Jet with their album Get Born. Ah. Now, the cover art of that is pretty much a copy of Revolver, <laughs> the Beatles cover art. There is no hiding that, but oh, the songs could not be more different. Is that, that the one with... Like, uh... Oh, look what you've done. You've made a fool of everyone. Yep. That one's yeah. on there. Uh -huh. uh, there's also like Take It or Leave It, mm -hmm. Cold Hard Bitch. Mm -hmm. Like these are just pure, unadulterated oh, rock they did and roll cold songs. Cold Hard Bitch, didn't they? You know, I will forever confuse that with Buck Cherry's Crazy Bitch. <laughs> I don't know that song. <laughs> you don't? No. <laughs> well, it came out when you were, you were 10 when it came out. So I was a wee baby. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Get Born is just like. You throw that on and you're like, I could do anything. And it gives you just this sense of like, not aggression, but just like, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to tear it up, but mm -hmm. not in like a intimidating way. Just like, mm -hmm. I'm going to have as much fun as I can. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. fuck it. It's fucking summer. I'm listening to Jet. I'm yeah. going to like blow out my speakers, but I don't care. Mm -hmm. Because the last song they're going to play is Cold Hard Bitch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just, oh, Get Me Out of Here. That's oh, another yeah. great one on there. But just so many good, like, heavy sounding, but also fun, like, guitar riffs on that album. And then uh, the singer, what is his name? Nick, uh, I don't remember his last name now, but he can just belt it out. He's got that scream. Like, yeah. there are very few singers who I feel like can really do the scream mm. but he is one yeah. of them yeah they do what i think acdc should do for me i just can't take the screeching mm -hmm. yeah that jet hits that for me yeah jet has that okay. same sort of like it's just power yeah yeah like the songs aren't that complicated but they're just giving it all that they've got yeah. how many of those songs are like kind of on the softer side honestly probably two okay maybe three because I've wondered about them. I haven't listened to that whole record. But there are some bands where, like, the lead single on the album, like the one that made it to MTV, will be kind of heavier, like Cold Heart Bitch was, you know? Mm -hmm. Then yeah. there's a song like Look What You've Done, but that has, like, this kind of Beatles melodic character to it. Mm -hmm. So I never knew, like, how much of the album was, was like that. Because then there are bands like, I think, The Vines mm. had, like, a heavier, kind of more punk rock single. And then you listen to the album, and it has a lot of that, like, it's just melody and a lot, a lot softer. So I wonder yeah, I sometimes like, how much just like the lead single is the crushing one. And then the rest of the album's kind of softer. Well, mm. wasn't the, uh, lead single off this one roll over DJ? 
Oh, it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, Look uh. What You've Done got much larger. Did it? Yeah. Yeah, that became like the smash, but I don't. Oh, I think you're right though. Rollover DJ might have. been I feel the like lead. Rollover DJ is like still there. I'm actually gonna look on Spotify right now just to see what the listen. listen to song. Rollover is. DJ. Uh, Joel, you oh, have a are fun you gonna time be with... my girl? Oh is yeah, far and away. Oh, that's a huge one. That one. I always forget that's on. Yeah, I forgot about that too. That is such a good album. Yeah, you would have fun listening to that album, Joel. It's just it's a very well paced, very very well produced. Just a, it's a freaking blast. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. I've already heard about a third of it. Yeah, yeah. and Matt's <laughs> a lot and I, of hits. I yeah. think we share this regret. This is definitely oh, up there with our biggest regrets. Oh yeah. Um, I was in. God, it must have been what sixth grade or something. Yeah. Matt was probably in eighth. Actually, it might have been young. We might have been younger. Yeah, late elementary, early middle, I, probably somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was probably oh four, oh five. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Oasis had just come out with "Don't Believe the Truth." Yeah. My parents. It was on the last day of school for me. My parents had tickets to an Oasis concert. Yeah, and it was for their "Don't Believe the Truth" tour. <sighs> yeah. uh, and then Jet was opening up for them, and they asked Matt and I if we wanted to join them. And because neither of us really were into Oasis at that point. Like we knew don't look back in anger and all that, but it was like, it's the last day of school. I want to play video games with my friends and play tag. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I hadn't even heard of jet. Like we both said no. And then lo and behold, <laughs> so less than a, too, just like, yeah, we're like, I no, other stuff. no, I don't want to go yeah. less than a year later. Oasis is like my favorite band. And Jet is real close in there. And Matt loves Oasis. And we were both just like, oh, rats. Well, I guess we'll see them next time they tour. And if I remember correctly, the next tour was uh, canceled because they broke up after releasing uh, Typical Oasis. Shock of the Lightning. Is that the name of the album? Dig Out Your Soul. Dig Out Your Soul. God. Yeah, that is one of my strongest regrets. Yeah. Oh, my God. It sucks. Yeah, that's tough. And we were just straight up spoiled musically. Like we yep. we heard so much music like that. Like mom and dad exposed us to so much stuff growing up. Like so many different bands that like we went to a lot of concerts. Yeah, like they always really like prioritized that as like if there's money to spend on stuff or experiences, like spend it on like an experience like that. And so we kind of it just became like a. It's not like we go to everything we ever wanted to, but you know yeah, it was no. kind of like it was a part of life. Like listening mm-hmm. to those bands. So I didn't hear Oasis as like, oh, what's this? I just heard it. I was like, oh, that's what dad puts on when we're in the car. Or that's what like we hear at dinner and stuff. Yeah. Cause it yeah. was like, oh, we hear Travis like on the radio or like yeah. on one of the CDs we have. And then we go see them or like, oh, we listen to Lindsey Buckingham. Then we go see him or here's mm. Crowded House for the third time. Yeah. Or it was like, just, here's Mark insane thinking back. It's like, what the hell? Like, how did we were just lucky, but yeah. Yeah, it's a. I will never live that down. Yeah, that yeah was, I'm, I'm pissed about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, heading on the kind of harder albums like that track, I put "Give Them Enough Rope" by The Clash. Ah. Which is there's really not a lot to say about this one. It's just a perfect like. It just kind of makes you want to trash a pub. Or something like just kind of like flip a table over or something like not in like an ag- aggressive angry way, just in a like. You want to just kind of explode out of your house yeah. when you put that album on. It's just a fun, straight down the middle Clash album. And that's, mm. yeah, there's not a lot of like real 
sentimental quality to this or like, you know, even real detail to this. It's just one of those like, oh, it's it's summertime now. Mm. Yeah. Matt, can you turn your gain up a tiny bit? Yeah. No, actually. Okay. <laughs> I can fine. get closer though. I might have been leaning. Yeah. I think my mic's actually been drooping. Uh, There's a pill for that. Yeah. <laughs> you talk to your doctor about that. Yeah. Joel, are you familiar with Peyronie's disease? Uh, no, I don't think so. It's a buildup of scar tissue <laughs> in the penis that session. causes it to uh, dogleg, either to the left or to the right. Why is the penis scarring so much? <laughs> Frequent use. Use okay. not, not by a partner, per se, but I believe it can be due to injury. You know, you get down to business and you work so hard, you know, on your solitary work that there's damage done. Wow. Yeah. Apparently, people can be quite vigorous uh, with their work e work ethic, and then they destroy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just kept seeing this commercial on TV for a while. And then it falls off. Yeah. But it's, it's legitimately called bentcarrot.com, and it's yeah. an actual <laughs> medical So we'll link commercial. that down below, too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> use, the, uh, <laughs> use the code JOEL to get 15% <laughs> off your first order. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by bentcarrot.com. <laughs> we could just start saying that. And if they ever came after us legally, I mean, that's got to be good press. You know, much like our conversations usually take a turn, so does my penis. <laughs> that's why I use bentcarrot.com. Have you recently gone from pointing north to northeast? <laughs> well, there's a pill for that. <laughs> Make your compass true again. <laughs> that is a great slogan. <laughs> do they actually say it's a pill? Because come to think of it, I don't know if they actually say what they're going to do to you. Or if it's even going to fix it. I hope it's a pill. <laughs> yeah. They just give you like a splint. Well, yeah, I've been assuming it's a pill, but I also don't really... I don't think they treat it like a broken toe. Yeah, but it's... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I it's, hope I never gotta have There's got to just this. be something to like that helps break down scar tissue. Yeah. Maybe they open it up and scrape oh. out the, the scar tissue. And it's like when hot dogs, you leave them in like the boiling water for too long and they go. Poof. Maybe, they, maybe they open There's it up. There's something you can do with ultrasound to relieve scar tissue buildup. Is it like what they do to break up kidney stones? Yeah, something like Just that. pulverize? I think. I'm not sure. I'm actually not positive. But. Yeah. Smashedcarrot.com. <laughs> we will pulverize the bend out of it. Yeah, it'll be unrecognizable, but guess what? It won't have that weird curve to it. <laughs> I got an appointment to get my carrot peeled later. Don't. <laughs> Dust has no shape. .com. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> yeah. For my number four, I got to take you back to the summer. No, I got to take you back to the winter of 2012 into 2013. So I, was, I used to listen to WUMB a lot, mm. driving around town. And it's a folk station for those who are unfamiliar with it. And I heard this wonderful song. And it was like exactly, you know, because they play a lot of like folk oldies. And there's folk is one of those genres where when something new happens in it, it's a really special feeling. <laughs> yeah. But like if you're into it, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I just I heard an, a style of arrangement and a style of singing and these harmonies that like you might hear from another artist, but just not as well done. And so I had to look it up. And what I had heard was Rambling Man by Laura Marling. 
and I just spent the next several months listening to like only Laura Marling and it was a really good time. And as fortune would have it, she released a new album about six months later. And so the summer of 2013, again, this, so this is one of those where like, there's a tendency to want to live that summer over again, vicariously through listening to the album. Yeah. But 2013's Laura Marling's Once I Was an Eagle is still one that I go back to in, in the summer. And I have to be able to like withstand all the different moods of the album because it kind of happens in four movements. Mm. And so the first one is like very subdued and all acoustic and droney. And the second one is like really a little a bit darker. And then it kind of goes into like you know, like a Hammond organ comes in and it gets a little bit more gospel y and stuff. And then, like, it, it just takes so many different turns. But on the best day, when you can withstand uh, every single mood that that album has in store, it is incredible. Mm-hmm. And so, that is one of, I think, only two <laughs> folk albums that are on this list. But that one, especially if I'm like, sometimes I'll throw on headphones and put it on and just like go into the woods because it actually like makes me feel really connected to nature as well. Mm. But it's a gem. Nice. Uh, that song "Ramblin' Man" that you mentioned is yeah. that by it's any not chance? A cover. Like, okay, no. I was going to ask because I was debating putting the Almond Brothers on my list. That's a good because the Almond Brothers are yeah. very summery to me. Yeah, yeah. there's so much like kind of dad rock stuff too that I would sort of half ironically. I don't want to say unironically because I the first one that comes to mind is Bob Seger and that. Yeah, oh, for my here. own mental health, that has to be ironic. But yeah, I don't know. Sometimes, like, yeah, almonds and like. Why do I John feel like Cougar out of the two Seegers, Joel would like Pete Seeger more? You're correct. <laughs> what was it like when Pete Seeger sprang onto the scene? Oh, it was it was marvelous. You know, before that, you didn't really have much much recorded music, um, especially not much recorded traditional music. And what Pete Seeger had, the advantage that he had was that he knew the Lomaxes who were out, you know, in middle America. Didn't you know, you know the, the Lomaxes? Country. I did. Yeah. You good were friends. good friends with Alan. Good friends with my, yeah. We had, yeah. we had tea every Tuesday. <laughs> we would share stories about the Appalachian night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but since you mentioned, uh, this is just a funny thing to throw in there. Since you mentioned Almond Brothers and Dad Rock and stuff, I have a really bad habit just, just cause it's like a sentimental thing for me. I have this bad habit of watching the 2006 Duke, Dukes of Hazard movie every summer. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> but for some reason, like all the Southern rock just makes sense. Because it's oh, a time yeah. of year when, like, at no other time of the year would would I be listening to Southern <laughs> rock usually. Yeah. But just, it's like a feel-good rock and roll movie in the summer. I don't know. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. What were you saying, though, about uh, Bob Seger? Oh, I don't know. Just that, that type of stuff. I don't know if that's, like, just straight-up nostalgia that, like, whenever you're at a cookout or whenever I've had, like, summer jobs where I've been in a... I don't know, manual labor setting. And like, that's always just what's on mm. the radio. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's just coming from that, but that's the only season I can tolerate a lot of. You're that. talking like night moves. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and like John Cougar <laughs> Mellencamp type or stuff. Like ba- Wait, oh no. I always think that Baker Street is Bob Seger, but it's Jerry Rafferty. Oh yeah. I do too though, yeah. But yeah, that's like, I don't know. There's not a lot of times a year where I'm, comfortable just listening to that kind of stuff it just it doesn't do it for me except during kind of dog days that's like my july yeah july yeah yeah what do you got next so my next pick is 
kind of a newer band on the scene. I have showed these guys to Matt probably too many times, but it's a group called Inhaler. Okay. And they are out of foggy London town slash also, I think, Ireland. Yeah. Uh, it's Bono's son. Yeah. He's got his own band, uh, and they are fantastic. It's yeah. like you get a bit of that early U2 vibe became, before they became like the band that does Vertigo and yeah. stuff like that. Some of the songs remind me a little bit of like The Cure mixed with like The Killers at the same time. It's just a really cool mix of, you know, sort of this newer rock movement that's going on in Britain with like Fontaine's DC, for instance, mixed with like the synths of the 80s. And now I'm kind of realizing that's a recurring theme for me as yeah. far as defining summer music. But I love music that has like those airy synths just like helping to make the chorus pop. Pop. <laughs> uh, yeah, but just a super good album through and through. Like you get these. Uh, wait, did I even say the name of the album? I just said Inhaler, I think, but yeah. the album is called It Won't Always Be Like This. Uh, and that song absolutely rips. Yeah. Like it's one of those where this band has such a knack for, they don't even do it in a super in your face way, but the verses will be so tame. And I know that's how verses work. Verses are tame and then choruses build and give you a like bigger and better product. But these guys have such a knack for slowing everything down and then bringing everything in, in such like a fulfilling way. Mm -hmm. It's, oh, I could talk about Inhaler for so long, but they just completely nail every aspect of the sort of sound they're going for. Like a little bit yeah. of angst, yeah, a little bit of like just happiness. There's some sadness and like, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's cool. They come out of almost that like Brit pop, slash new wave like if you bundle all that kind of stuff together like that if you put like new order yeah and um like a stone roses almost like mm -hmm. yeah. some of those ingredients together and then gave it to bono's offspring yeah yeah it's a, it's a good so like make cool. them sing like bono but have like i mean not to say that u2 is a bad band because they are not they're very good but just give them like a little more grit yeah yeah and they hold their own too. I really like that. Uh, I think you were telling me, Pete, that like they potentially even have it in their contract at some shows and things. But like they've made it a point not to be associated with you two. Like huh. they don't acknowledge it during interviews, and somehow interviewers don't acknowledge it either. Huh. So it's like this kind of like they are holding their own on their own. And yeah, yeah. you hear yeah. two seconds of that album, and it's like, yep, they're gonna be something. Yeah, every interview that I've seen. Yeah, like U2 is not brought up. They don't go, oh, so what's it like being Bono's son? <laughs> it's like questions about the band. It's about the music. Yeah. It's really refreshing to see that that's the case. Mm. Like there's no yeah. coattails being ridden for that band. Yeah, they're damn good. Uh, that's what we got here. So this is kind of the counterpart to my Astral Weeks thing. Like, sort of the one of those rare types of summer album that like it it's good after dark it's good during the hot as hell part of the day mm -hmm. um which is number one record by big star oh yeah and that can definitely be a winter album too like yeah. there's a way that that is just good all year round but part of it is that it's a pretty diverse landscape mm -hmm. like it's kind of like just sonically and like this 
it's it's never really like heavy, but it, it kind of rocks. Like it's kind of got like some movement to it at certain points, yeah. um, like in the street and stuff like that. Or like, don't lie to me. And or no, is that Chris Bell? Uh, good question. I listened to them like together for so long. I can yeah. never fucking remember. But anyway, it's it's got those, and then it's got shit like thirteen. Um, yeah, it's just good like campfire kind of watching the stars type stuff. So mm. I don't know. Big Star is just one of those bands that. Um, mm. Even now, even even now that they're famous for being like snubbed so often in their career, they never get actual props except for mm-hmm. writing the seventy show theme. The seventy show theme song oh, which, yeah. uh, Cheap Trick covered and everyone thinks it's a cheap trick song. So it's like <laughs> I just always like have a soft spot for Big Star and mm-hmm. uh their perfect like summer like out in the world music. After I say my number one I'm I'm going to tell you something cool about that record. Okay. It ties in. Okay. So, um, all right. This is the one on my list that is ridiculous. Not that <laughs> ridiculous. It's probably not as ridiculous as the Y the Y astronomers, the Y astronauts, the Y astronauts, the, yeah. the Y astronauts. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I think we've said this already. I, if we haven't I'm so much more likely to listen to 90s music in the summer mm. than any other time of year for some reason. It just reminds me of like block dances when I was a kid and like just what discovering. Are block we had uh, like in, in front of the, like they closed off the street in front of the town oh, hall. Like, okay, like, like block a DJ came, like, like a block party. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, like we, we, you know, there was a DJ and I got into so much good music. Like the summers that I was like 10 and 11 years old. So I associate this album with, like, just being downtown during the summer of 96. And it's No Doubt's Tragic Kingdom. (laughs) Okay. That's good. And it's so good. I've listened to it, like, seven times this summer alone. Like, it's just, it's not a soundscape that I would normally be drawn to. But I kind of rediscovered it about 10 years ago. Like, I hadn't listened to it in a while, and I was just, like, going through a 90s phase. And... Really listening close, the harmonies are insane. The production is insane. Everything about it is so well done. Yeah. So it takes me back to a certain time, but it also like really kind of stays relevant for me mm. in in the now, just because it like the production I think was way ahead of its time, and it just it sounds so good. Just as a band, they were pretty ahead of their time too. Like they're yeah. They're a cooler band, I think, than they get credit for outside of their immediate circle. Because mm-hmm. everyone I know that likes, like, No Doubt, that are, like, into No Doubt, like, they know, like, oh, they're the coolest band. But outside of that sphere, it's like, you kind of, like, forget that they're a pretty fucking huge deal. Gwen they Stefani. were. And the reason I said it was kind of ridiculous is because I, I feel like it's it's an album that a lot of people might just associate with, like, the Clueless era, you know? Mm. Like, it's an album that is stereotypically 90s. <laughs> Yeah. In a way. What is the Clueless era? Uh, the era of the 90s when the 90s was being lampooned. Like there were so many ridiculous trends happening that yeah, it was just yeah. an e- easy to parody what was currently happening, you know? I don't know who would parody things like Jinko jeans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me either. <laughs> there was nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Did you ever have any? I don't think no. I've ever asked you. They were expensive. Oh. I was poor. <laughs> Would you have, though, if you, like, just style-wise, if you had, like, had a pair handed to you? Probably. They were so impractical, though. 
Yeah. Like I, I wore really baggy jeans, but like I just bought oversized. Although I guess I don't know. I went through like a, like a goth slash raver clothes phase, oh. where I wore pants similar to that. So, I guess the answer is yes, because I yeah. essentially did. How many chains did the pants have on them? Oh, I don't know, <laughs> four to, to seven. Okay, okay. <laughs> not eight to ten. That would be overkill. No, yeah, yeah, that would be. Maybe. An incredible amount of chains. You'd down. be weighed down. You could never yeah. walk or rave. Yeah. No, you never <laughs> want to be wearing more than one chain, actually. Interesting. Makes you too easy to grab. Ah. <laughs> you got to be slippery. Mm-hmm. Like an eel. Yep. Joe yep. Eel Monday. <laughs> 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 All right, next. <laughs> All right, so my next choice... Uh, this is one that I'm pretty sure Matt has on it, or maybe he bumped it because he knows me. Uh, Oasis, definitely, maybe. Yeah, I didn't bump it because I told you I was going to put that on. Yesterday. No, you were, you were saying like, oh. you were saying oh, I might go with what's the story, Morning Glory, or definitely maybe. Yeah, you had a said, totally different one, and then <laughs> no, no, I so I had Time Flies, which yeah. is like a compilation album, but then I realized. Okay. That has like 40 songs on it, not including the B-side. And mm. I thought, I can't do Legend and then also like this Time Flies compilation. So I went with the one that I didn't think, because I thought Matt would for sure go with What's the Story, Morning Glory. Mm. Yeah, no, in fairness, I changed it last minute. I was tied between. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so that's good. Well, two yeah. birds with one stone right yeah, here. Yeah. I think definitely maybe is just one of those, like, you can't listen to it quiet. You have to turn it up. Yeah. It just, you just let it rip and just soak it all in. Because it starts off with rock and roll star. Yeah. And then yeah. it goes into, like, Shaker Maker, which is a different vibe, but really good. Then you have, like, Live Forever, like, Supersonic, Bring It On Down, Cigarettes and Alcohol. Like, yeah. That album just tears it up. And yeah. it's, like, it's it's also what the band was. Like, this was Oasis's first album. This was their big, like here we are, we are Oasis, where a bunch of kids from a council estate in Manchester Mm. and we're here to fucking rock. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did with that album. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's just one of those that you just let them take you for a ride. And it gives you that little bit of like an attitude Mm -hmm. where you're listening to it. And it's like, as I'd been saying in one of my previous answers, but uh, pretty much that like, fuck it, it's summer. Yeah. It's almost like nothing bad can happen. Yeah. Even though it surely can. Yeah. But yeah, it's just got that carefree, like, we're just fucking listening to good old fashioned rock and roll. Summer yeah. and Cockney Swagger is a deadly combination. You want yeah. some? You want <laughs> some? I'll give it you. I'll fucking bowl That's you. when you're going to trash a pub right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love that about um, Oasis, specifically in that album and specifically in Rock and Roll Star. Like, this is kind of why I included it as well. It just, it's that like cocky, like swagger, like just both cocky and cockney. Yeah. But just well, kind of. not really cockney. Well, it has a little of that feel. Yeah, Mancunian. But it's that feeling of like you're still on the dole, you're still touring in like a shitty van. Like, you're in the mix still, but like, you also have that kind of like, like you've got something to prove. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's what I've always loved about Oasis is they'll play a song like Rock and Roll Star and you know they're writing it about themselves and it's yeah. awesome. But they're also it's it they don't have that like untouchable air about them, you mm-hmm. know. Like they just they're in the fray. I I had seen an interview with them and they were talking about how those songs they weren't writing it to like get on the charts or anything. They were yeah. writing it because they would play these shows at places like the Boardwalk, uh which is I think now torn down but it was just this club in manchester where like local people would go to and they just wanted to write songs to sing directly to the crowd like songs that people like them would get yeah like they weren't trying to write anything super profound it was just like you like rock and roll great we play rock and roll here we go yeah but without some of the like dick swinging too which is cool because you don't get that like that i don't know it's it's never like stupid in like a unattractive way it never even seems like overly like misogynistic like a lot of that no. kind of rock and roll always like all right well now they're they're trash people it's like oasis just it feels like kids it just feels like a bunch of kids like in a band like doing exactly what when you're eight years old and you want to be in a band like oasis is doing that yeah and yeah. that's always been and the lyrics are pretty much the same <laughs> as what you'd come up with at eight years old too. yeah <laughs> and and i love that too because like noel has admit admitted before you know these lyrics are not great lyrics half of them don't make any sense mm-hmm. but they sound good and that's yeah. all that matters like Oasis's songs, people give them shit because they're like, oh, they're ripping off this. They're ripping off that. In reality, they're not really ripping off much. They're building off stuff. Mm, yeah. But like, yeah, they're not trying to be the most profound. They're not trying to blaze this completely new trail. They're just making good music. Yeah. That's so subjective, but well, I think they also I mean. they don't get enough credit as lyricists too, because like it's that we've probably had this debate on here, but like there's that difference between being a good writer and a good lyricist, you know, and like a lot of people that yeah. get credit for being amazing lyricists, they're shit lyrics. Like they're they're good pros, but mm-hmm. like they're not talking about Connor Oberst. Sometimes, He's talking about yeah. Father John Misty. Oh yeah, yeah. he hits there. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I love Rush, but Neil Peart does that sometimes too. Yeah, mm. it's just these artists that like they cram their ego in there, and it's like, yes, they're they're good writers, they're gifted writers, and yeah. all of those people have like extremely noticeable merits. Like I'm not shitting on them as artists, but just as lyricists, I'm always like, yeah, great, but like. You could have just worked and I get so high, nearly touched the sky. That would have been, you know, like, nice yes, that's a guy. <laughs> it's like, it's, that's objectively not as good a piece of writing as like many things that like Neil Peart or Father John Misty would have so written. But it's Oasis like if, hits that stride. They're perfect. So. Yeah, yeah. It's like if Neil Finn had an ego, is basically what you're talking about. Like, yeah, yeah. some of the lyrics that he puts in there, like if anyone else had written them, they yeah. would have taken them overboard. Mm. But he keeps it just reined in enough where it's like, that's impressive, but it's not obnoxious. Exactly. And it makes no sense that he does it as consistently as he does. Mm-hmm. But he's a perfect example of like how you can do both. And a lot of people do, which is just cool to me. But, but yeah, I've always loved that like, about Oasis. Yeah, like the nonsensical aspect of like, take Champagne Supernova. That's yeah. an easy one. You take the line, uh, slowly walking down the hall faster than a cannonball. Yeah. Where were you while we were getting high? Yeah. Like, it's like, that doesn't make nothing, any but... sense at all. But it doesn't yeah. have to. Yeah, you feel it. And it, yeah. it doesn't... The biggest thing, I think, is that there's no clutter. There's no, like, yeah. oh, that line's in there because you know that they wrote it and, like, that line's going to get me laid or that line's really cool. It's like... 
it's just the right lines and mm -hmm. the song moves along. You got two minutes to express something or four minutes or whatever. And like, you kind of get on six. with it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I have such a soft spot for lyricists who kind of have that. I think in some cases it's just laziness and luck. Mm -hmm. And in other cases it's like discipline to edit in the sense that like, you're willing to kill the line you love yeah. to save the greater song. Like, that's just such a skill and I, mm. or such a lane or whatever it is. And I just, I really like that. And Oasis, and I would put Nirvana in this category too. Like there's a lot of lines that are really cool and meaningful. And there's a lot of lines that are like, I don't know what the fuck that means. And then you see an interview with like Kurt or with Noel and they're like, yeah, me neither. <laughs> I was on drugs. And then you got a song like On a Plane, which is about yeah. exactly that. <laughs> yeah. It's like one of the best, probably one of my favorite songs on that record. Yeah. <laughs> but it's about, lyrics being meaningless <laughs> yeah there's just, just something really fun about that with rock and roll specifically that yeah. i don't think you get a lot of other places in in life let alone in music like mm -hmm. there's not a lot of places you can just kind of show up with that yeah and there's something really neat about that when people recognize like the rarity there and like oh yeah i can just kind of i can do this and i can get away with it forever yeah as long as it's cool and yeah oasis just in that album specifically, they nail that. Mm -hmm. And I will die on that hill. Same. Yeah. Fight me. Yes, that's, I guess I'm I'm not even going to uh, bump that one. I'm still, I stand behind that one. So that's your next yeah. one too? Okay. Yeah, so. All right. <laughs> so back to Joel. All right. Yeah. Okay, we're back to the garage rock theme. And I think, like I haven't delved that deep into this genre, but... I think it's the best garage rock record that I have ever heard. And I don't even know if everybody would classify it as such, but I certainly do. And it's Manchester Orchestra's Cope. Okay. It's heavy as shit. Yeah. It's like, it's not like melodically what I usually go for. And I don't even know how I got into it. Like, I honestly don't remember first hearing this album. And usually I've retained that memory when I hear an album that like really hits me in that way where I'm like, this is for me. But I don't even I have no memory of first hearing it. I just ended up with the CD and here I am. And every summer I just look forward to blasting this in the car. Yeah. Did I see they're touring right now? Probably. I think, I think they have something I new. I think they're out. touring. Yeah. I saw a billboard on 93. Yeah. Continue. But I just apologize. talk about like windows down, volume up. This album is so heavy and like, you know, not death metal heavy, obviously, but like it just, it hits that grungy spot that I really like to hear in, in, yeah. in some of those garage rock records. So I think they can do that with an orchestra. That's, <laughs> that's something. It's impressive. Yeah. The oboe in this, on this record is, is particularly <laughs> gritty. Off the hook. <laughs> No, they're cool. I like them. Yeah, they, they have some great stuff. I mm. I was first exposed to them like, oh, I don't even know what year it would be, but it was just after Cage the Elephant had come down with, uh, was it like Shake Me Down or something? Yeah, Shake Me Down. Not yeah. a lot of people left around. They were touring together. Okay, like Manchester Orchestra and them. Mm. I didn't end up going to the show, but I was like. <laughs> In anticipation of maybe being bought tickets for my birthday or something, yeah. uh, I was like, oh, I'm going to get really into Manchester Orchestra. So whatever album it was, it didn't stick in my head, but I remember being like, this band, good. Mm. Their yeah. new single's cool, too. It's such a weird hook. They it's did the, a really cool, um, you know how a couple times a year, Comedy Bang Bang will have a musical guest? 
Yeah. Last year, maybe two years ago, they were on Comedy Bang Bang, and they did a live thing, and it was like, I never checked out the album that they were promoting when they did that. Um, yeah. But the song sounded really cool. It's a very, very, very different vibe from Cope, which, again, is heavy as shit. <laughs> and this was kind of a little bit more on the mellow side. Yeah. But yeah, I've always liked them as a band. They're very versatile. And um, oh, yeah, I just saw a reaction video to a new song of theirs. So it makes sense that they're touring. I think they just have some new material that's supposed to be good. Yeah. So this one, I this was one of my additions from today. I was running an errand and I was like, time to throw on shuffle and see if anything comes up that makes me go, oh, shit, mm. that should be on the list. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, the band Bleachers. Oh, yeah. With their album Strange Desire. Never heard it. I would highly recommend it. It's uh, It's got songs like Roller Coaster, uh, which is a really good one. They actually... So Bleachers released uh, a second version of the album that instead of having Jack Antonoff singing, features other artists like Charlie XCX and... Mm. Uh, is that Springsteen on something? That's one of their newer songs. Okay. That's... Uh, what is it? Like Chinatown? Yeah. Yeah, mm. which is a really cool song in itself. But yeah, Strange Desire just has this like innocent sort of air about it and just like high energy. You know that song that's like, uh, Vacations All I Ever Wanted? Hell yeah. <laughs> in that It's Always Sunny episode where they go to the Jersey Shore, for instance. Yeah. Uh, well, a lot of the songs kind of take that form. So it's just like happy-go-lucky, poppy, not even rock. Like it's straight like... It's pop. I think it's funny that you know that song from Always Sunny. (laughs) And I think I know it from the Rugrats movie. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) these are different generations. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, like just a really well-written album, like definitely summary. I think there are a bunch of lyrics about summer, if I'm being honest. So it was kind of an easy pick. But yeah, the album is super good. And like, although I wasn't a big fan of fun. Yeah. (laughs) Just can't. Can't do fun. Uh, Bleachers strays away from that sound. Because honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if people were choosing fun, whatever their album was. Because some of those songs, those big anthems, it would make sense if they were like summer anthems. Yeah. uh, What is that? Some Nights or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And We Are Young. That was a big summer anthem. Yeah. That would make sense, but yeah, Jack Antonov seemed to take like a lot of that same energy. Like yeah. he's definitely writing songs for people to like jam out to in the summer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he just puts his own spin on it. It's real good. I feel like We Are Young actually came out like right when I was graduating high school. I think, or at least I have yeah. these memories. I, I was of thinking it, like, it was like 2012. Yeah, so it was that one actually. That one? I yeah. don't like that band, and honestly, never really got that song. But it was kind of like. That was the perfect time for that to have come out. Like June, as I was graduating high school, it's like, all right, yeah, this is... Mm-hmm. If I ever had a shot at liking this band, it would be now, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. how I know that they're not a band that I like. It's <laughs> like, this it's is the, the best moment. possible like, It is being handed to you me. You were forced to like, give it yeah. proper drift, and it just didn't take. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I got a Ramones one. Uh-huh. Another punk one, Rocket to Russia. Okay. And I would say most Ramones works for me in the summer and kind of the spring, too. I start listening to them around Easter. Okay. I don't know why. I think Carissa lent me a bunch of Ramones stuff, like either records or a book or something, but mm. I really dove into the Ramones around Easter. So that's it's always like when it starts to get sunny and stuff, but 
they're such a cool band. Like they have that driving punk thing, but they also wanted to be a bubblegum pop band so bad for huh. so long. And it just, I don't know. It, it's a cool combination. It works weirdly well. And I just love them for those hot as shit days mm. where like the days, like you wear a tank top and it's just fine. Like yeah. I don't feel good about myself wearing a tank top a lot of the time, but you shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> but when I'm listening to them, I'm like, I don't like this works. It's just, it's cool. It's July. It's, it makes me think of like anytime I've been in New York in the summer and like the way, like you get that, like people playing in like hoses and shit out yeah. in the city. Yeah. It feels like that. It's I just going to Rockaway beach. Rock, rock, rock. Yeah. What album is that? Beach. That might even be on there. I don't, I don't remember know what album that's on. I don't on, know. But. That that more accurately describes the uh, well, maybe not. I think there's like there's the burger and milkshake happy days music, and then there's the kids playing and the sprinklers music like in the middle of the street, yeah. you know, like yeah. a hose party in the middle of the street. <laughs> yeah, hose party is a band. I think like that is the kind of like as familiar as I am with the Ramones, which is which is not much. If I had more of those like punk rock inclinations, then mm. like the Ramones would probably be on my list because aesthetically they do have that same like summery vibe that I go for in the summer. The only yeah. reason I don't is just because like the the Ramones, quite frankly, like don't tend to hit the my melodic needs very well. Yeah, like I can see how like they just have that vibe that a lot of people do like when it comes to punk rock and when it comes to summer. Um, yeah. but for me, I just I demand more melody than they deliver <laughs> so, no i get that because yeah. they they deliver hook but they don't right. always deliver melody exactly which is joel has needs i do <laughs> that <laughs> must be met and that's like they're they're funny like they just um they're a perfect example honestly of that lyricism like they're so mm. rudimentary like beat on the brat with a baseball bat oh yeah <laughs> that's all that needs to be said about that yeah, yeah. <laughs> bird 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 is the word well that yeah that one takes it to another extreme yeah. but but yeah they don't necessarily definitely like to their detriment in terms of like listening to them with that sort of power pop lens mm -hmm. they don't pack a lot of melody in there either yeah and it's they got rhythm yeah no i i mean i love them but i i completely get that criticism of them too whenever Same. anyone has that that mm -hmm. like you have to be in like a Ramones headspace or they have to be really fucking loud you're right. just ready to go speaking to really fucking loud are we on the last one now I we believe we are. Be. Uh, yeah. Number 10? Okay. Well, yeah. I'm on number one. I'm, I'm pretending <laughs> the, the rank. Uh, all right. My number one, I had to cheat. My number one pick is Heat Miser, and I'm not picking one album. Okay. Because right. they get equal playtime for me in the summer yeah. pretty no, much. No Heat Miser. Elliot's band. What? Elliot Smith's band before he was Elliot oh, Smith. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. I listen to them all pretty much equally. They all have slightly different sounds, the three albums that they put out, but yeah. they all do the same thing for me. Like, it's not like a band like, say, Iron and Wine, where like every album is distinctly different from the other and like it's a different soundscape. Like, there is a slightly different soundscape for each of the records, but they, it just, they all sound very garage rock and summer and grungy and 90s and they just check all of them check all of the boxes <laughs> yeah you know so i can't pick one so my number one pick is heat miser yeah can't really go wrong with them nope. and it's so weird that they like you can hear the elliot obviously yeah, like yeah. very much throughout them but it's so crazy that those were both part of his art yeah 
Oh, Elliot and, Solo. And, and so there's this relatively new YouTube channel called Life of the Record. Mm. And it's, you know, like a, like a compiled into one episode interviews from band members and is about the making of the record. So I recently discovered this and there was the making of Mike City Sons. And so yeah. it was uh, all interviews with the surviving band members and a few of the like older ones from Elliot too. And mm. one of the recent ones that they just released on that channel is number one record. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you should go check that out. Life of yeah. the Record is the name of the channel. We'll put that in the show notes. We'll put that in the show notes. <laughs> it's going to be fucking thick this week. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> not, not bent to the right. No, no. Thanks to bentcarrot.com. Had that Again, 15% off below. with code Joel. Uh, I feel like such so, a martyr for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> a martyr like Benit Joel Mangellini. Uh, yeah. Like he was for Italy. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to force that in there. Uh, I've been making that, Matt, how long have I been making that joke to you? Oh, a while. A long time. Uh, about, a joke that had about me being no a basis. Long enough that I had to tell you about it because I knew he was going to do this. Oh. Yeah. So I was oh, like, yeah, he's yeah. going to do this and it's not anything. Yep. Uh, I, I remember. I think it's so funny just to do like baseless bits like that. Yeah. Just to see how people react. So that was one that I was going to do to you. And, uh, I looked over, <laughs> I looked over at the clock just now and I saw we've been doing this for almost 130 minutes yep. and I had no chance to call you a tyrant or a dictator and beneath Joel Mangellini. So when you said martyr, I was like, Hey, screw it. I got an opportunity time to dive in. Was he a martyr or no. just a tyrant? No, he just kind of, he, he just died. I figured people probably thought of him as a martyr. Some fascist. Yeah, somewhere. fascist probably think he is. But, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you're not actually a fascist. You're not a dictator. You're a good man. Thank God for that. And a great host. Wow. All right. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, so number one was really difficult. Like, I, I mean, I have 12 albums on this list mm -hmm. because I wanted to, you know, do you know the band M83? I don't think so. They do a lot of like atmospheric and like soundtracky sort of stuff, but also some songs that just sound huge. Mm. Like if you know the song Midnight City. Nope. Matt might. Oh, I okay. So. I don't know my um, name either, but I've, I probably heard it. Yeah. I've definitely played them for you, but I wanted to go for like an M83 type band, but I just couldn't narrow down any singular albums that really fit as a summer album because mm. they always like it'll start strong and then you'll get 10 songs of just like atmosphere and then it ends strong and that just you know huh i need something more i need something more uh continuous with yeah. its energy level yeah so i have instead opted for an album by an artist named casbo casbo is this like young electronic producer from sweden and he kind of is doing that whole, like, granted, it's what I've been trying to do with the music that I make uh, and kind of failing at because it's actually quite tricky. Um, but he blends like very natural sounding elements and like intricate percussion and drum patterns with just like this, like dancey yet also tranquil sound. So it sounds like it shouldn't have any energy behind it. It sounds like it shouldn't be that fun to listen to, but he just creates like his own world in these albums. 
I, I have always struggled describing it to people, which is why I kind of didn't want to pick it as like my top choice or I guess what's my top choice, even though I haven't ranked them, but there's just something about the music that he makes that is so beyond my comprehension for how you would like create an album and like how you would compose songs. So yeah, Casbo making of a paracosm. That's my pick. Also honorable mentions. If I may do quick honorable mentions, yeah, do it. Shalu magical thinking. Okay. I think it's pronounced shallow. It might be shallow. And I've just been living a lie for the last four years, mm. but he does a lot of that very natural, like acoustic based electronic music. Like it's, it's really cool. He'll add arpeggios and stuff like that to kind of give the song a little bit of flair um, and a little more atmosphere, but it's based in very tangible instruments like guitars or strings. Kind of like uh, who is the guy that died for exposing the child sex ring? Jeffrey Epstein? <laughs> no. No, I, I actually don't know. Who exposed a sex ring? He was big in like 2014. Are you talking about Avicii? Yeah. Did he expose a child sex ring? No. He, there is a theory. He drank himself to death. There's a theory. <laughs> what? Just like there, just like there, no, just like there's a theory with Chester Bennington and uh, Chris Cornell that like all of them were murdered because they were about to expose this uh, this whole underground crime thing. Do you believe huh. in this? I want to. Oh my God. I think they were just depressed men, right? Oh, I've be. never heard this theory. I've Could never be. heard it either. Is it anyway, based on anything? Or? It's I'm shallow, look it up. similar to Avicii. <laughs> no, no. So that's, yeah, when I say electronic, I know like the number one thing that people jump to is like, you're going to be listening to it at a club in like Ibiza or something and just like, oh, but it's really like down tempo electronic music. Okay. So like people meditate to shallow. Mm. Like it's oh, just wow. okay. very calming and melodic music with electronic elements. I guess that's yeah, a better way yeah. to put it. Okay. And then last uh, honorable mention, not much to say about it, but Keen Hopes and Fears. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That song just gives me the sense of wonder. I absolutely love it. Like, if I'm going mm -hmm. adventuring, I'm going to pop on some Keen, Somewhere Only We Know, maybe listen to uh, Everybody's Changing after that. Yep. There's just something about them. It's the simplicity. It's great for summer. I don't know if Somewhere Only We Know was on Scrubs, but it sounds like the kind of song that would be would it have was. been on Scrubs. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think Everybody's Changing was on Scrubs, too. Yeah, probably. Yeah. What a soundtrack that show had. Yeah, I was going to say, like, there's a very specific type of song that was just like the Scrubs era of, of like modern pop, you know? They had the Finn brothers on there at least once. And they Colin had the Buzzcocks. Yeah, Colin Hay was in the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, they had so many. I think they had mm. Rufus Rain Wainwright. Oh, really? Doing Hallelujah. Yeah. They, yeah, she was whoever the hell's doing the music on that. <laughs> Knocked it out of the park. Yeah, mm. consistently. So for my last one, I'm going to pull my uh, kind of exception card here to my like mm -hmm. soundtrack or compilation, whatever. Um, okay. I don't think I've done that yet, have I? No. Yeah. Um, Smokey and the Bandit. Hey. <laughs> soundtrack. I don't. That's another hill. I'm dying on a few hills. Yep. Today. Do this you listen to the soundtrack on its own, or do you just watch the movie so much? I've done both. Um, okay. We have definitely driven around listening to that because, like, it's it's almost like a higher energy version of that Delta Blues feeling. Yeah. Like, if it's a good hot day, you're driving around. It feels like summer, and you put on Eastbound and Down or Westbound and Down. Mm -hmm. I. Or, uh, 
18 years old. Got it from the library. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. finally going to watch it. Oh. <laughs> I've never seen it. You are in for a treat. <laughs> So good. Yeah, it's my that is my favorite movie. I will catch shit from all directions for this, but it that is my Not favorite mine. movie. Mm. <laughs> it's so good. We saw it in theaters. Um, 40th anniversary or 45th anniversary re-release. Yeah, like two months ago or so in like June. Yeah, and it it it's awesome. It's just a phenomenal movie. But I mean, not in the sen- not in the cinematic sense. Like it's not like a good movie quote unquote but it's it's awesome but yeah the mm. soundtrack is great it's there's nothing really um super noteworthy about it except that Jerry Reed plays Snowman and plays a lot of the score in the soundtrack and he's insane i mean he Chet Atkins i think called him the greatest guitar player alive <clears throat> while he was also alive so that wow. says something yeah um so it's just uh it's a blast. I don't know. I, I just enjoy it unironically mm. and um, perfect road trip music. And it's just funny. Like it's, I don't know. It's a great summer album. I don't necessarily pop that one on other times of year. I'll pop the movie okay. on any time of year, but <laughs> yeah, that's just, I have a soft spot for driving around to that. And honorable mentions wise, the darkness have to go on there. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're one where like, I was going to put permission to land or something, but I was like, I don't know if there's like an album. It's just, when you're in the mood for the darkness, like they're, mm. they're fun as hell. At Fountains mm. of Wayne, self-titled. Oh. oh, great album, man! How did I forget that one? Like Leave the Bikers, Sink to the Bottom. Um, they're just that. They're such a good goddamn band. And I, I think I mean, at one point I argued for either or Elliot's album. For you did after dark. Um, yeah, because a summer night, like late night, well, that's a great. Obviously, one. I don't think anyone's ever listened to that record during the day. Yeah, it doesn't feel as right as yeah. like midnight. And the first time I ever heard it was like in a thunderstorm, right when the power had gone out, and oh, I just okay. had it. And I listened to it. I think in my laptop, I like got the CD in there and listened to it with whatever battery I had left, and it was just like this spooky, like perfect mm. thing. So I associate it with that. But mm. yeah. All right, I've got a few honor- honorable mentions. All right. Um, okay, the first honorable mention is Iron and Wine's Ghost on Ghost. Okay. Also from 2013, same year as the Laura Marling record come out. It was a really good year for a lot of music, actually. Mm. Um, but like newer, more progressive folk slash folk rock in particular, it was a good year for that. Mm. There are a few songs that feel very summery on that album to me. And then there are others that don't so much. So it's not specific to time of year, but usually that's a summer album for me. <sighs> I'm going to give two more honorable mentions. Alien Ant Farms Anthology. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> the one with the smooth criminal cover. Yeah. That's always a very summary. I think that was like the summer that I was learning to drive. I had the cassette. And so mm-hmm. I would always listen to the cassette with my mom while I was uh, learning, to, learning to drive. Did they do handlebars? No. Who did that? That song? was like, um, was that Flowbots? Oh, that, that was. was. Wait, what was the yeah. big uh, Alien Ant Farms song then? I mean, Smooth well, Criminal. Their, like their you big said, one big. was their cover of Smooth Criminal. Yeah, maybe I am thinking of Smooth Criminal. Was that on our iTunes library upstairs? Definitely. It's on yeah. everyone's iTunes library. It's pretty oh, infectious, yeah. Now I'm, now I'm thinking of it. Yep, it was Smooth <laughs> Criminal. Because we didn't have a lot of like heavy-ish music. Mm. Our father controlled what songs were allowed to be downloaded. He sure did. Uh, so the few that snuck past, we would just listen into Oblivion, like Goldfinger, mm. uh, yeah. 99 Red Balloons. I'm mm. noticing now that it's... <laughs> Heavy covers of very innocent songs. Yeah. Uh, 
were basically as much as we got to listen to. Because he probably looked at, oh, I know Nina, I know yeah. Michael Jackson, this is fine. And then we'd be like, mm. it's, but it's almost metal. Should have <laughs> seen when I tried to download a rap song for the first time. Oh, yeah, that... Yeah. yeah, I think some passwords were changed. That I think I got grounded. <laughs> I just wanted Kevin Rudolph, Let It Rock. Yeah. What, Sorry, continue yeah, though. What, what was your, you uh, My final honorable mention. I'm really glad that I found this record. The singer of Why Oak was on um, Pete Holmes's podcast. Okay. And I had never heard of the, the band before. I think it's just her and, and someone else who, like, they both just... You know, it's a, it's mostly electronic music mm. with vocals. And um, just on a whim, the next time I was at Newberry Comics, I, I bought the only Y Oak CD that was there. Mm. And it's called Shriek. And I don't know if I bought it in the summer, so it just became a summer album for me. But sometimes in the summer, I do lean on the more, like, electronic side of things. For instance, like Fantagram is yeah. a good summer band for me. Is that um, song, like, Don't Move or something? Yeah. Is that by... Yeah. Sneaker pimps. Yeah, sometimes I just, I go for that, like, either weird alternative electronica, like, that was kind of big around the time Portishead got big in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Um, or I'll go for the more dancey stuff, like Fantagram, too. So, mm. but anyway, yeah. Why you know what we Shriek also, we all missed um, any, like, rap. Like, what do you guys think about, like, Run DMC or, like, was, Slick Rick? Well, that's because I yeah. don't listen to full rap albums, really. Me neither. So it's like, yeah. it makes sense that it wouldn't be on there, but do you think that that fits? Like, cause you mentioned Joel, like one of the last times we talked, um, about just that like block party feel of like good nineties rap. Mm -hmm. And that, that's a summer thing for me, but not enough that I'm like, Oh, this particular album definitely. But I, I yeah, think of like, my DMC. List, I, I deleted it cause I needed to like clear up space for my honorable mentions, but I yeah. actually had, ASAP Rocky's album at long okay. last ASAP. Cause mm, yeah. that's one that like whatever year it came out, I can't remember which year it was now. I was like out in the garage trying to make a bridge for our backyard. And I just remember like smashing my fingers to pieces because I can't swing a hammer for shit. Uh, <laughs> well, with accuracy that is. Mm. Um, but I was just listening to that on like my little speaker and I was like, wow, this is so good. And it does have that like laid back 90s quality to it. Like it's yeah. super 90s influenced. And it's got Rod Stewart as mm. a feature. Like mm. that's just chill summer music right there. So I wanted yeah. to include it, but I didn't feel strongly enough that it was like properly summery. Yeah. 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 Like I listened to it in a summer. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah. And in that realm of music, I'm, I'm more inclined towards singles I think yeah like Biggie Smalls Hypnotize oh, will yeah. absolutely get a play yeah in the summer for me weren't we listening to a song it, is it the Herb Alpert <laughs> song yeah so what? oh shit why is he not on yeah. this list Herb Alpert should be on this list Herb Alpert should be on the list but it was the same problem where I couldn't find an album that was like truly like yeah. this is summer through and through yeah. but Joel do you know Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass Band? Yeah. So his song Rise is what's sampled in uh, Hypnotize. Oh, yeah. What? Yep. Yeah, we found this out. We were just listening through some Herb Alpert stuff one night. We're like, what the fuck? Yeah, I heard like the boom, 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 <laughs> boom, 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 boom. And then I heard that like, doo -doo -doo -doo, like whatever. I can't <laughs> replicate the song with, or the uh, sound with my voice. But that like hit that comes in that... Just sounds like synthy and almost like record scratch. I, I 
How would you describe that sound? It's like oh, the God, sound in yeah. Hypnotize. Yeah, how did those worlds collide? Is the I don't know. thing that I'm still stumped on, but yeah, thank God they did. This yeah. is groovy. Yeah, it's so good. Herb Alpert is amazing. He is a powerhouse. Like, the amount of the industry that he has touched or changed. Yep. And then when you think back, like, he just made the trumpet cool for a while. Like, yeah, that's he did. insane mm. to me. Well, I think we've reached the end of the list, huh? Yeah. yeah. Pete, do you have anything you want to plug? What would I plug? I mean, you make music. I don't want to plug it. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to say your, like, your SoundCloud or your name? Uh, well, I do and I don't. Because I haven't uploaded in like two years at this point, and I'm making pretty different stuff than what's on there. But if you want to check out some like, like it's you know okay-ish uh, music on SoundCloud that's kind of like chill EDM, go to uh, OC O S S I. I think the actual URL because there are so many OCs. <laughs> uh, I think it's O S S I one. Guess I'm the first OC, but it'll be in the show notes too. Last on the this list, this actually will be. Like, <laughs> yeah. In honor of this, maybe I'll throw in like a couple of things that I've been working on too. Because yeah, I might as well. No, you yeah, should. I mean, might as well. yeah, he makes good good shit, listener, and uh, yeah, you might as well plug it here. Yeah. And I don't think I've really talked about this, but I've been working on an album of of grunge songs. Mm. Which isn't really true. There are a couple grunge songs on it, but like Owen Korzik has been helping me uh, with with the drum tracking mm. for some of the heavier songs, and I just got my stems from him for the newest grunge song that we collaborated on. So nice. check out owenkorzik.com, and uh, he offers many great services if you are in the market for audio production or a session player. But you know what he doesn't offer? What's that? 15% off your next order on bentcarrot.com. <laughs> Use the code Joel. No, nope, only we can offer that. This is for our listeners only. <laughs> Owen can get that deal as a listener, but he can't Ooh, offer it to us. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great news for Owen. <laughs> Matt, do you have anything to plug? No. Nah. No. Okay. Uh, I'll actually shit. Yeah, I do have a company. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, yeah, Basic Stitch, the company that um, I think we had plugged previously with Devery. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on in like June, I think. Um, we're still going strong. We've been doing a lot of markets this summer. Mm-hmm. So we're actually going to be at a roller derby this August. Um, oh, cool. August 20th down in Seekonk. It's a mass attack roller derby. So we're going to be vending there um we have a bunch of new products coming out and a new newsletter and a subscription service going on so just check out basic stitch embroidery.com if you're interested in the sound of any of those things and yeah. speaking of sea conch if you see that your conch is dog-legging to the left or <laughs> you know what to do <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you had to, you snuck that in there, right under the wire. <laughs>